ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode two, a four, or 24 of the Red Light Hockey Podcast. And we are joined today with the hosts, the good old team. We got Chad, we got myself, Liam, we got Big Money Paul, or P Daddy, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> How is everybody doing today? And also, I just want to say one thing, Chad. Mm-hmm. You you are fitting the definition of Chad perfectly by the fact oh, that you with the cutoff, with the cutoff, and the fact that you go to the gym so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're an audio only, so we can see this really. But mm-hmm. Chad, today you are a Chad for sure. I mean, but you want to see? It's a 2008 Stanley Cup playoffs. The names on the back of this: Thomas Pillhall. You should see some of the names on the back of this shirt if you want to talk about old guys. <laughs> How is everybody doing today? How you doing, Paul? It's been it's been two weeks now. Um, for our listeners, we're sorry it's been two weeks. I was doing stuff for my employer, so I couldn't do anything, so I couldn't edit and post a podcast. I apologize. But yeah, no. How, how you doing, Paul? How you doing? I am good. Pretty good. You're how good? are you two doing? Chad, how you doing? I'm fantastic. You know, it's uh, my favorite time in sports all the time because I don't really like football. So right now it's basketball's midseason, hockey's midseason. Usually hockey's closer to the end of the season, but um, and baseball just started today. Like the my team, the San Francisco Giants, just had their first spring training game. So it's a good time to be a sports fan. So I'm excited. I agree. Um, we can all agree that uh, the best team in baseball is the Yankees. I mean, it, no, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no arguing about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, fan. the Habs fan says that. They just try and hold on to old <laughs> success. It's just, you don't have as the relevance the, you once had. As the Yankees fan, I have to admit that the Yankees are the best team in baseball. By what metric? Not by wins and losses. By history. Yeah, but I mean, history, what have you done for me lately? They haven't been good in 10 years. Hey, sounds uh, like the Habs. Uh, <laughs> no, the Yankees will be good. Uh, the do- the two best teams in the league, though, are in the NL West. So we'll see how it goes because the Dodgers and the Padres are by far the best teams in ba- best team in baseball. I think the Yankees will be one of the best teams in the AL. Yeah, but their best players get hurt every year. And I, I hate to use injuries like that, but until I see Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge playing a full season, they're not going to be good. That's they're true. Not. You know uh, who I miss? Who I miss watching play in baseball? Is that is Rivera? Yeah, he was. He's like a like an OG. He threw one pitch his whole career. He was yeah. just like, "Yep, I'm throwing a cutter, hit it." <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, pretty. Yeah, there's. But it was uh, good. The, the or, stuff uh, that I love about Rivera is that more people have walked on the moon than have scored on him in the postseason. Yeah, which is crazy. Another <laughs> another guy I like too, or I, I used to like a lot, was CC CC Sabathia. I shook his hand once. My hand just disappeared. It was gone. <laughs> it was absurd how big that man's hands were. That man, that but, man's yeah. huge. He, he's yeah. a huge human being. He's what, like probably 6'6", 270, if not yeah. more. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a big boy. I love CeCe. CeCe's local to me. I'm pretty sure CeCe's from Oakland. I have to look. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I like CeCe too. Those teams are fun. Those, yeah. those uh, Yankees teams, I mean, I hated, like, so I'm definitely, uh, as a kid, one of the first uh, – baseball series i really remember watching was the dodger or the yankees red sox and you know 
the the evil empire versus the you know the curse of bambino like of course you're going to go with the losers so i'm definitely more on the red Sox side of that argument but uh but those yankees teams were fun i I don't like the yankees i i like them more now than i did back then but uh yeah the yankees should be good but i mean there's a team in their division that made the the world series last year that spent one tenth of the money they did so yeah i mean i mean the I missed Dan Girardi back in his heyday yeah. as manager. Yeah. Oh, he's from oh, CC's from Vallejo, which is Oakland, basically. It's the East Bay. But um, but yeah, no, I miss uh those Yankees teams with like that had like Jeter and A Rod and uh yeah. Aaron Aaron Boone and those teams were fun. Um, with uh, what's the pitcher's name? We threw his glove into them. David Wells, and those are just fun. Those were fun teams. Tashera. Teixeira yeah, was a really good for Teixeira. The that was my favorite age of baseball was yeah. probably 2000 to 2010 ish. But then, of course, the Giants won three titles in five years, so I'd have to say that's my favorite era, probably. <laughs> and yeah, it was uh, it was good though. I remember being heartbroken when the Giants lost the 2002 World Series, and then it's just how it goes. I've seen all my teams lose a major championship. If if I have to pick a Western team from baseball that I like, it's probably the Dodgers. Yeah. I don't have a reason why. Like, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but like mm-hmm. no, the Dodgers the are way- recognizable. They have a their yeah. their logo is really like probably the second most famous logo in I would almost say sports behind the Yankees. That that uh, LA hat is is I yeah, mean, if, if yeah. you think about like worldwide brand recognition, it's up there. That the NY I think is number one, period. But yeah, the LA's up there too. And hockey doesn't even really get close to it, which which is unfortunate. But I think the I think the close one in hockey is probably the Blackhawks. Yeah, that's fair. The Blackhawks, like- the Red Wings too, because the Red Wings are also they also have a shoe company. <laughs> that just uses the same logo so people would know what that is but um yeah yeah i don't know any other ones really from hockey the the kings maybe the the kings the kings that's true although the king's best jersey was the the crown in my opinion those disgusting purple and yellows that they used in the 80s those are fantastic i I think that crown is probably one of the most recognizable hockey Mm -hmm. behind the blackhawks yeah the uh I was doing a so Rangers. Kaha is like the the Rangers too, but Kaha it's the California something something something. It's the basically the the eighteen and under youth hockey state championships for California. And I remember I did uh I did three games, and they were it was the eighteen U AAA. So these kids are good. It was Tamu's kid was on the on the Ducks team, and Turcotte's kid was on the Kings team, and it was good. But I mean, they Alex were wearing the uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was Alex Turcotte. This was in like 2015 when he had been 18 then. Yeah. Or when he had been like, when he had been like 16 then? Because it was yeah, 16. 16. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was probably him then. But uh, the uh, the Kings were wearing the the yellows and the Ducks were wearing the like Mighty Ducks Ducks jerseys. The Sharks, the Junior Sharks, were wearing the jerseys they wore last night, which are gorgeous. The old school teals and. Then I forget the fourth team. I think it was some random team that doesn't matter. It was like the Tri City Blue Devils or something. But watching those jerseys play was pretty cool. 
So it's a it's a fun tour of jerseys, but there's there's a lot that happened this week. We haven't been yeah. on in, we haven't been on in a while. A lot went down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for, before we get started, I'd also like to remind everybody that this episode is brought to you in part by Hell's Haven Border Collie Rescue, the number one Border Collie Rescue in Manitoba. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the only one in Manitoba. But that being said, we ask uh, that you, our listeners, keep 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 up the donations to them. It helps them a lot. Um, the money goes all to the dogs. Again, who doesn't like dogs? It helps the dogs. That's where I got my one of my dogs from, Colt. He's a sweetheart, and in these tired times, they haven't been able to do their normal uh, charity fundraisers and stuff like that. So any donation is appreciated for them. You can email them via PayPal or e-transfer for the Canadian listeners. Uh, again, Hall's Haven Border Collie Rescue. We will leave the link or the email in the, the description of this uh, episode. Uh, thank you again for that, and all the donations do help tremendously. And now... Let's get into this week in hockey news. Uh, where do you want to start? Where do we want to start? We, we haven't talked about Julian, have we? No, we haven't talked about Julian. We want to get into that right away? Yeah, I mean, he got fired for no reason. So that was fun. Claude Julian but got fired for losing. For having a bad two weeks. It wasn't only this this year, though. It's It's been years prior um, it's been a culmination of things. Like if you look at last year, it's been a, every year. It seems to be the same thing. Like he, he, he yeah, refuses. you look at last year where they wouldn't have made the playoffs. And then this right. year when they're doing good and then they fire him. Right. He was already on a short leash. I think it was already known that this year, if they started losing, he'd, be, he'd get fired. Um, the owner yeah, already said that. It. I don't get it's, it. I don't. If, if this team was playing out of their skull with Julian, it doesn't make sense that now they they've had. And you know, we talked about this. I don't know if the the which interview is getting played this week, but it'll be the one with the least fans. Uh, with okay, Matt. so yeah, we covered a little bit more de- in depth there, but they came back to earth. They're they're in they're like a pretty well above average team that was playing like the best team in the league and they weren't and they came back down to earth. That's what I think happened. They had a skid, but you know, they, you have, it's, it's, you know, the age old, like if everyone's having career years at the same time, you can win a cup with not that great of a team, right? If everybody's playing super well, that's what was happening. They were getting it from all three phases and they came back down to earth. I think Julian's a scapegoat. I do think that, I think that the move isn't a bad move, but not for the reason that it was done. I don't think the move's going to change anything except for the morale in the room. I don't think that he was a bad coach. He'll get a job somewhere and be successful, uh, I'm sure. I agree with that. I I think – but I think there's more to it. Like He's been in Montreal for a long time. And the thing with coaching is you are hired to be fired. How long long has he been in Montreal? I believe he came over in 2012, 2013. Okay, so a while. That is a while. Yeah, like like, – It's got to be close to the longest tenured in the league. I think John Cooper has it, but – yeah, that's got to be pretty close. I'm gonna pull it up real quick on Google just to verify to make sure I'm not saying random things. Yeah, it's it's. You got to think now though that if because how what they've changed and what hasn't worked in there, you got to think that Bergevin's on the hot seat now. Oh, for sure. Oh, for for sure he is for yeah. sure. 
I'm surprised he's lasted as long as he has, honestly. Well, oh, firing wow. a GM in the middle of the season doesn't – you can't do anything. No. That's – it's such a bad move. You have to yeah. fire a GM before a draft because firing him – you have to fire him, like, the day the season ends because if you fire him in the middle of the season, what's a new GM going to do? Come in right. and look at your team and be like, great. <laughs> well, I can't right. move anybody. <laughs> so I think what this is is Bergevin realizes he's on the hot seat because uh, – at the end of the day, the GM fires the coach, right? So Bergevin realizes he's in the hot seat for what's going on right now. So he's – I think this is kind of his last attempt to, like, maybe keep the team into relevance so he doesn't get fired. I think he's trying to keep his job as well. Question two. This, this move is just him saying, look, I did a thing. Can I have a few more weeks? Like, I, he's, not, he's not getting fired in the regular season. Like, that's yeah, for sure. Get, yeah, so if he gets fired, it'll be in the off season. Do you think it's cup or bust? Do you think if he makes it to the second round and you guys lose, he's going to get fired? No, I think it's playoffs or, or bust. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The question, too. I was reading when, uh, when Julien – I don't know where I read this. It was on somewhere, though, that they were thinking about – like there was rumors he was going to get fired for the last couple of weeks – and then when he finally did get fired, I found an article about like all the coaches that could possibly take over for him. And the coach who did take over for him, I can't. Ducharme? Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, Ducharme. Ducharme. Is he French? Yeah, he's French. Every single person on that list was French. Is that yeah. is that like a thing? Can you not hire a non-French coach in Montreal? Yes, basically. No, they no, like having no, the French no, coaches. No, 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 no. Yes, it is. They like having the Paul, French coaches Paul, so that no. they can speak bilingual to the media. Paul. I mean, no. if that's the reason, that's not a bad reason, but what's 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 your take on it? I will they explain like bilingual this. people. Paul, let me explain this, please. Until the 90s, Montreal didn't only hire French coaches. It's just a new trend since the 90s. In all the years they started winning all the cups, they had English coaches. It's just recently, since the big separatism movement in Quebec that happened in the 90s, they were hiring a bunch of French coaches to appease the people, uh, the mainly the media, to kind of not have angered people. They're going away from that now. It just, at this time, Ducharme was already in the system. Like, he's already an assistant for Montreal. Yeah. It's so like the it was, Bugner hire for San Jose. Right. It's just so makes the most it was sense. the easiest one to do because he's already works for the team. Now, if Ducharme does not do good this year, the most rumored coach to get the job is Gerard Gallant, who does not speak French. They I do to see him tangle with media in Montreal. <laughs> they do tend to like they were hired, they, but they do like to hire more French coaches or French speaking coaches to speak to French media. But that is not a Montreal Canadiens policy. That is a Montreal. Yeah, media. it was. I'm not. I'm not. I want to no. think. I'm not accusing anything. It was just something no. I noticed, and I'm like, that, huh. that, that 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 what that is. That is a French media thing that they make that rule. It's never been an official rule by the Montreal Canadiens. No, is there it, is there an aspect the of like the? Yeah, hmm? I would say, is there like an aspect of like, not in? I hate that this phrase got like truncated into what it is now, but like the good old boys, like get me a good old French boy in there from like fans. Or is that that's just me- kind of a media thing? That's not even the fans. Like, like I'm in a bunch of Montreal Canadiens fan groups. None yeah. of the fans care about what language a coach do. They just want to have the okay. most competent coach. That yeah, is literally fair. just not even both media. So there's two big French media. There's RDS, which is owned by TSN, and then there's TVA, which is the other French media. 
It's called TV- TVA. No, TVA. Uh, oh, TVA. Tango Victor Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> to be announced. It's like, is that what it's called? <laughs> no, no. It's a. Uh, I, I don't know what it stands for, but mm-hmm. um, they're the ones that are really like pro Quebec, pro everything. Like we, we spoke about it on the other on the other interview as well. Oh they yeah, pretend, yeah. Like I don't, I don't like them. I, I refuse to watch any games on their on their media. I rather watch RDS, which is the other French one, because I like watching the French the French announcers. But if they're, if it's TVA that has the game playing it, I'll watch it in English. I don't. I refuse to support TVA because they're a separatist. They're very separatist for one, and for two, they're very I, like anti Anglophone, which I don't I'm want to get political political at all. But no, like no, that's fair. when you say when you say separatist, what does it mean? Can you just give me a synopsis? Yeah, I'm not no, sure no, what no, you're sure. about. I guess I guess you're you're an American, so you wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. So in, in the '90s, Quebec had the referendum. Quebec tried to leave Canada. Oh, okay. Okay. The province okay. of Quebec tried to leave Canada to become their own country. Okay. Now, most of like, like I'm from uh, Western Quebec, which is on the Ontario border, which is very like pro Canada. You know, we want to stay part of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but when the referendum happened, the vote was literally split 49 51%. 51% saying no, 49 saying yes. Oh, so Separate. a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's not nearly that bad anymore. Mm hmm. But the thing is, so the, the headquarters for RDS, they're based out of Montreal, which is very, like, inclusive to the, to the whole country. Again, owned by TSN, you know, it's kind of everybody type thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, how they're long fun. ago was this? This was in 94, I think, 94, 93. Guys got a long way to go. We had one of those in 1860, and people still fly Confederate flags. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, hopefully, was, hopefully it gets was, better. <laughs> there wasn't a war. So, I mean, that, yeah. But, like, and yeah. there's also been a lot of, like, crazy other political things that I don't really want to get into. Yeah, yeah. No, I just war, I didn't know what you were saying war. when you said separatist. I didn't know what yeah. the, I didn't know what you were referring I to. Can, I can later when we're not recording I'll explain to you the full history yeah. of it if you want. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah so that 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 happened and then also with like the whole the whole thing is now it's Montreal is very like not separatist anymore. Montreal is more of like an inclusive to everybody city. Most of Western Quebec is very inclusive to everybody. What are you What are you looking at me like that for, Paul? It's yeah. So, I, wh- hey, when I was in Montreal, I got treat, treated like crap by everybody that spoke French. So, I'm saying French uh, just sounds like a superior language. You can't speak French politely. I'm just convinced. Yeah, you're not wrong, but that's not. <laughs> So out of the two cities, Montreal is the better one. And then you go to Quebec City, and then you go to northern Quebec. That's north of Quebec City. That's where the most of the separatism still is really thick. And that's where Tivia is based out of, is northern Quebec. And also RDS is more of a... It's a sports media for every French-Canadian. So they, they like cover... So like they, they'll do French media for the French Manitobans, the French Ontarians, the French Albertans, the, like the, Mar- the Maritimes. They'll do French for the French-speaking people across Canada because Canada is a bilingual country. It's Whereas Albertans. There's French Albertans. If you're from Alberta, yeah. Manitobas and Manitoba. It's also also refers to a group of Alberts, but oh, okay, we can we can get to that later. <laughs> um, British Columbians, or uh, or you have Saskatchewan. I don't know, I don't know what you're calling from if you're from Saskatchewan. I don't really meet many people from Saskatchewan. Mm. <laughs> anyway 
but like, yeah, pretty no, easy like, here. We just put an on the end of everything: Californian, Washingtonian, yeah. Oregonian, tacos, Saskatchewanian. There we go. That's what we call Saskatchewanian. Them. It just sounds weird. Saskatchewan. But yeah, no, it's uh, like so. Like the RDS like covers for French Canadians across Canada, whereas Tivia, they're from Quebec and they're very, very pro Quebec only. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, I don't, no, that that makes sense that you would you wouldn't want that. That it's I mean similar, obviously not the same, but similar here. We have news stations that certain sects of people don't want to listen to, and news stations that certain sects of people hate, and there's yeah. some that are in the middle. That's how it goes. Yeah, I, I, I find RDS they're they'll cover a lot of Montreal Canadiens. The most Montreal fans are French, so mm-hmm. they'll they'll mainly cover Montreal, but they're a lot more unbiased. And most of their people who work for the for the corp company. Our ex, um, well, there's a lot of Hall of Famer hockey people that work for them. Like they have, they employ Guy Carboneau. Um, Didn't PJ Stock work for them? Yeah, or PJ Stock he? worked for them. Uh, Martin Biron, Marty Biron works for them. I'm trying to think who else works for them that you'd know. Uh, Just a whole bunch of former Canadians, it sounds like. No, Marty, Marty Biron was a saber. Oh, he was. He was. I met him. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, uh, Marty Kirko. Mm-hmm. Great dude, great dude as well. Yeah, so yeah, like they they have like a very broad French speaking media people. Um, then they have like a bunch of ex Canadians coaches that I don't really know how to well who they are, but I just know they're there. Uh, they have they have one guy play for the Flyers, um, Bruno Max and Bruno's their show. I don't know his last name. Oh, Bruno Gervais. They play for the Flyers, but anyway. I digress. If you're gonna watch, yeah, we're not talking media. about hockey at all, but it's just it's just fun. <laughs> well, it's hockey. We're talking about hockey media. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna watch hockey in French, I recommend RDS. Don't steer clear of Tivia. Um, yeah, like the TVA guys, like there's no actual ex NHLers or ex hockey people that really work for them. I think they have like one Quebec Major Junior League that uh, works there, but most of them like they have some really weird takes. It's like. I forget what it was, but, like, I think, yeah, it was last uh, two nights ago, there was a game, and then the Tatar had the puck, and then he shot it. He didn't score. There was a save. And then they were coming out arguing, saying if uh, if Drouin had the puck, Drouin would have scored because Drouin's French. It's like, what? <laughs> like, like, just, like, stupid things like that that just don't make sense. It's like, wh- why are you saying that? And then, and then if, to make them happy – they want every individual person in the organization to be a French person from Quebec. Like that, that's Good why like, boys. yeah. Yeah. But like not, not, not just management and stuff. They want every player to be from Quebec and French. No, no English Quebec people, just French, which is like, it, it, it's ridiculous. It's, it's a unreal standard that Tivia sets. That's why nobody really takes them seriously. They're like the, but then that's why a lot of people think that whole thing with the Montreal has to have a French coach. That's not a true thing. That's a Tivia set standard. Yeah, but the Canadians played into that hiring French coaches the past however long. No, that, that was just from the 90s until recently because, again, to try to... Yeah, but how long is that? Right. But that's also... <laughs> like, Julien was, was the best coach available at the time when he got hired. It just so happened that he spoke French. Same thing with Terrier. 
And then before that, well, it was Geek Carbon. Before that, it was Geek Carbono, who was a legend from Montreal, who they hired. No, because- and it, it gets to a point too where, like, you see it in sports all the time. It's like, oh, this guy used to be an assistant there. This guy knows this guy in management. It's like this guy's French, and half of our fans are French. Like, it's right. not. It, it's like, it, but it's you know, it shouldn't be like, oh, we need a French guy. But like, if this guy is also French, cool. Like, yeah, that's fine. exactly. That and that's the the case right now. Like, Julien was the best available at the time. That's why they hired Julien. Um, like. That now, now the um, the associate coach from Montreal is Alex Burroughs. Alex Burroughs is not a French speaking person. Really? I did not Alex, put that together. Alex from Burroughs the, from the Canucks, like yeah. that. Alex Burroughs didn't he yeah. retire like pretty recently? Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Good for he's him. The, he's the associate coach from Montreal now. Interesting. So, like, he's not French, and like, let's say Ducharme gets fired, and they want to just promote Burroughs. Well. There, they have That'd be coach. wild if he went from playing. I mean, he had to have played in like 2018, right? Like he played pretty recently. He uh, retired in 17, I think. Yeah. 17. So could you imagine? Yeah. Two years after, to three years post career, he's coaching Montreal. That yeah, well, like, like, that's my point. Like, yes, it's the stereotype, whatever. But he's not. It's not like the the rule. It just happens to be the coincidence as of recently. Like, yeah. it, like the. So before Guy Carbonneau, there was an English coach. It was just so it was Guy Carbonneau, the first the first French coach of many in recent history. Mm-hmm. Carbonneau got hired because well, he's a legend in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, are, that's a no brainer. If Patrick Marlowe wanted to coach the Sharks, you would get overwhelming fan support. You'd have to right. hire him. And then <laughs> and then he got then he got fired because he wasn't a good coach, kind of like Gretzky. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we, we, yeah, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I really want them to hire Gerard Gallant just for the sake of hockey Twitter. Just because that would be so much fun if right. Jordan I don't, Gallant was there. Honestly, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. I don't know. Him. I wonder if Babcock will ever get anywhere again. This, where he's is coaching he right now? a uh, – he's coaching – he's with – University of Saskatchewan. Yeah. No, he's with some university. I don't know if it's yeah. Saskatchewan, is it? I don't – Yeah, University of Saskatchewan. Because I know he just – he was at NBC and he was awful. Yeah. Yeah. And – uh yeah, and then it'll be interesting to see if he ever gets a job. I don't think he will. That's no, gonna be that's a, that's a tough sell. And uh, and also since Julian's been fired, there's been some not to the extreme level of Babcock, but some some stories of Babcock. I mean, of of, of Julian coming out and that Babcock esque. Where do you guys come down on that? Like, of course, like what happened with is it Franzen from Detroit? Like yeah. the mind games and the mental. Like, of oh, course, yeah. that's not okay. And like Babcock's just you know. For lack of a better term, he's just a dick. Like, yeah, how are you yeah. gonna like not play Spezza in Ottawa and like stuff like that? Where it's just like, dude, what are you? What What do you? Where do you get off? But like, the mental aspect for anyone who's ever been on a team, and I never played hockey at a competitive level, but I know that I've played a lot of other sports at competitive levels, and like, that's kind of normal, is it not? Isn't that part of it? Like, part of it is the mental warfare, and that's I just think- like part of like they're trying to make you stronger. I think that mentality is kind of old school. So it's like the whole, if I'm a dick to everybody, then maybe the whole team will rally against me to play good, to prove me wrong. Yeah. But I, and then there's other coaches who, like, I don't know. I like both coaches. I think as a developmental level, so like in juniors, that kind of coach is really good. Mm-hmm. Even AHL. Once you're in the National Hockey League, I don't think that kind of coaching works as much. Because you're at the top level. So I think at the top level, what you need is more of a coach who's like, who listened to you and you can have conversations, like a two-way conversation with that coach about, okay, here's what I think, coach. What do you think? Okay, here's what we need to work on, right? 
Yeah. I think that's what assistant coaches are for now. Right. Assistant coaches. Yeah. And I I think a lot of, a lot of new school NHL coaches are kind of going towards that system as well. Like looking at uh, Cooper, for example, Mm -hmm. or um, Ducharme. Mm -hmm. Cause but because Ducharme came from Hockey Canada and being outstanding with Halifax Moosehead, uh, he developed and a lot of the Ducks coach that... as well. The Ducks coach came from the goals, I believe. Yeah. The the Ducks head coach got promoted from their AHL affiliate. Yeah. Like so. Like, no, yeah, it seems to be how it is anymore. It seems to be promotion throughout the organization. It's not well, it's so sense. it's so important. Yeah, yeah you can't because if you you know, we saw the Sharks had it happen, you know, last year where they fired their coach, fired everybody except for one coach. And then the easiest thing to do was bring up the entire AHL coaching staff. And that's what they did. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the same system. Yeah. And then you can, and then you can develop your coach to how you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Plus the coach already has a connection with the players that have been there before. Yeah. Like with right. Boston right now, all the young players they got and they brought up Bruce Cassidy a couple yeah. of years ago and, and they're talking about how that he's coached most of these guys already. So yeah, I like and, Bruce Cassidy. Yeah. He's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had him. Bugner. I like Bugner in San Jose too. He's got nothing to work with, and we're playing a lot better than we are. So I'm has, not. I'm not too concerned with it. He has a funny name. That's all yeah. I'll say about him. <laughs> yeah, Bugner. Bugner. Um, mm-hmm. Who is he the got, guy in Dallas? Rick. Bon- Rick Bonus. I like him. Yeah. 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 And Bugner too. Have you ever looked at his record? Like he had the best record of any coach in Florida history. I'm pretty sure, and he got fired after like two seasons. What's well, like Galan? Oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like, what, what do you... Every, the, every, the like, fact, everywhere that guy's been, he's been fired after a year and a half for whatever reason. Gallant, Gallant is one of my favorite coaches in the NHL. Just He's not a coach anymore, but just because he's so electric in interviews. And from like a media perspective, I love those kind of coaches who just let it fly because it makes my job super easy. Because, yeah. you know, certain coaches, you got to go into an interview and you prep 15 questions for a 20-minute interview. Someone like right. him, I've never, I've never spoken to him, but I'd prep five. Like I would prep five good questions and just be like, all right, let him run. Like let him my, say what he wants to say. My biggest concern uh, with Ducharme as the coach of Montreal mm-hmm. is that he can barely speak English. Oh, that is an issue. Like he can't like, speak English at all. Well, he, yeah, like he he tries, not for lack of effort, but like his English is very bad. Is that Which, better or worse than if they didn't speak French at all? Worse, because then you can't talk to your players. That's true. Like most yeah. players are, are English, right? Like, like yes, there's some French, there's some French players on the team, like they know Duray. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, though, it's like most of your guys are English or or Russian or like you, you know what I mean. Like English is like the universal language that everybody speaks. That's mm-hmm. why I think it's. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that job and what happens with the Habs, because the Habs are still talented. Yeah, I mean, Carey like, Price. So, like, like, like last night they played outstanding. Like they lost two one in overtime to Winnipeg, um, but they should have won that game. But Winnipeg's goalie stole the game. Uh, Hellebuck stole is, that is, game. Is Winnipeg the 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 surprise of the North? Do you think? No. I didn't think they would be this good. Really? Like they're they're yeah. always a good ever ever since Winnipeg came to Winnipeg from Atlanta, they've been relatively competitive. Yeah, and then I guess with Hallibuck, it it kind of it puts them right. Yeah, and the, the past he, three or four years, they've been 
like pretty yeah, they, competitive they made, they to the point of contenders. Finals, I believe, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they like their weakest links yeah. to defense, which kills them in the playoffs. But like they have outstanding goaltending, which is ironic because looks, when they came from Atlanta, their biggest strength was defense. Uh, that yeah, trade looks, looks great for them too. Like the it doesn't look like, great might be a uh, an overstatement, but Pierre Luc Dubois looks good. Yeah, him. yeah. And then it was it. What's did Roslovic go there, or did he go no, to? Columbus? He went to Columbus. He, he went, went to Columbus. To, he went like, no. But the thing is, with Roslovic, he wasn't going to sign in Winnipeg anyway. Yeah, like so it was an RFA well. holding out, so it's like we're we're, we're, like, yeah. we're they, they basically got him for a third, and then he signed in Columbus. He's from Columbus, so that's whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's killing I, it there. I think that trade's a wash. Oh, I don't at all. No. I think I think Line A is a top five goal scorer in the league, but he's right. not he's not a complete player. He he's Jonathan Chichu, just with a better shot and more longevity. Oh, right. do anything Chichu. else. But they also he's got Rosovic, Ros- <laughs> Ros- who's like a great two-way player. Yeah. Rosovic is right? good. Rosovic is good, but if you're if you're telling me can I have two guys that I don't know what Rosovic's gonna get paid, but Line's cap is what, eight? Does he get seven five? What does he get a year? Uh, I don't well, know they, off top, but the two retain, of them are going to be more than Dubois. Oh yeah, they so you're taking, some. yeah, they retained taking, it. Oh, did they? Oh, okay, yeah, so I don't like, know. I just I, it, you're I, you're giving me you're giving me Dubois, who's probably what seventy percent of the score, if that. Like he's not as good of a goal scorer, but wins a lot of battles in the corners. He's a good player. You he's never big. have to worry about him. Yeah, he is big. He can hit, which yeah, it, yeah. For some like reason, said, in my head, the French kids. I never think of them as big hitters. And that could just be me being like used to so many like really finesse guys. Cause like I grew up with like Vincent Domfus and like guys like yeah. that as like well, the French guys I knew who were like, like, he's not going to hit me, buddy. <laughs> it's like Morris Richard. I'm, I'm all really old now, but like if you, if you ever look at him, he's very, he was, he was a very big goal scorer, right? Like he's the first player to ever score 50 goals in 50 games. He broke, he did a lot of cool things like that. And everybody thought he was really weak, but he was actually one of the toughest players in the league. Mm-hmm. It just for him, the, at the time, the league had a lot of, I guess, racism, but not really racism. I don't know what you'd call it anti-Frenchism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the league was really against French people at the time. So, like, was it like if you watched his movie, there was an instant where like he literally got two hands slashed in the back of the head. The ref didn't call it, so he turned around and like. Two handed the guy who hit him in the back of it, in the back of the head to the guy's face, mm-hmm. and then he got yeah. suspended for indefinitely. And then Montreal had a riot. Yeah, Montreal had a riot. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's called it's called no. the Richard riot, isn't it? Or the the rocket yeah, riot? Yeah, yeah. He had to go I, I, on radio and calm him down. Yeah, right. Like, he had to go on the radio. That was crazy. Well, like the deal was <laughs> yeah. like. He was suspended indefinitely. So the, the NHL said, okay, if you go on the radio, calm down. We'll, th- we'll remove your suspension. Like, I, I honestly, if you ever do want to watch a really good hockey movie and le- learn some hockey history, um, I really recommend walk- watching The Rocket, that, that movie about Morris Richard. Mm-hmm. It's probably my one of my favorite hockey movies ever. It's up there with uh, the Gordie Howe movie. What, um, what do you, what's your favorite Hollywood hockey movie, you guys? What's yours, like... Like of, of the big hitters, you know, like because I think for me, my number one is easy, but then there's a group of like seven that are number two. Slapshot two. Okay. Does Happy Gilmore count? Movies. Yeah. 
No, that's that's like uh, what's the other one with the red? Is a Point Break where they're like kind of at a hockey game, but not really. Not Point Break. I can't think of it, but I don't think Happy Gilmore counts. No, although that that uh, that tryout scene in Happy Gilmore is electric. <laughs> that's but, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's got to be Miracle. I think that's going to be my favorite yeah, if I had to pick yeah. one. Um, and then... Slap, I, I like the Slapshot movies, though. Yeah, the Slapshot movies, I At least think one, that, one, and, one and two are good. One and two. I, think I don't that think I've seen any. They're, they're, to me, they're like... Yeah, they're like not... I, I view them similar to Goon. And Goon is a good movie, like Slapshot is. But Slapshot is just like... It's an era of hockey that it's just it gets overdone. I think it is my yeah. problem with Slapshot. Is it's you know I like movies that are at least somewhat about hockey, and Goon isn't really about hockey, but it is like enough, and there is like enough legit like the scenes in the locker room in Goon just crack me up because it's so over exaggerated. But that type of stuff happens where you have guys that are that weird, and you're like, what are you doing? And so I do enjoy that, but. Um, yeah, Miracle's got to be my favorite if I had to pick one. But yeah, I don't know even what. This just this is where it gets hard because I like I love I grew up with the Mighty Ducks movies too. Yeah, so I love I love D two. That's a really good movie. Um, uh, Mystery Alaska is pretty good. You know, my favorite a few that are good. My favorite hockey movies though, like they're not Hollywood movies; they're made for TV movies. It's well, the, yeah, yeah. But it's the more I just mean number. like not documentaries. Like well, these these aren't, these aren't, so okay, so not documentaries and Morris Richard movie number one, The Rocket, my all-time favorite hockey movie. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Don Cherry movie. Mm-hmm. Number three, the Gordie Howe movie. Yeah, I mean you just picked three documentaries, but they're not doc- they're not documentaries. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 <laughs> seriously. Like none, none of those movies are documentaries. Yeah. Yeah, they're no, like, they, um, uh... I haven't seen the, any of them. I'll have to watch them. Yeah, especially the Don Cherry one. Don Cherry is a very interesting character to me. You can you, you can know? get it for free if you go on cbc.ca. Cbc.ca. I'll, I'll send I'll send you the link after. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, I don't think I've seen any hockey movie except for Mighty Ducks one. So what? I've never, never seen, seen Goon. Miracle. I've never seen Miracle. I've never seen Slapshot. I've. How have you never seen Miracle? Miracle is on every channel of every TV, like every TV channel, like three times a day. It's literally the only only movie on TV. Um, Not Dwayne the Rock Johnson movies. Here it's Fast and the Furious every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dwayne the Rock here, Johnson, man, he was in the Tooth Fairy. Great hockey movie. Here it's always Harry Potter. Harry Potter's always on TV for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, don't get no, me started with that. No Miracle. I can probably recite every line of Miracle like pretty accurately. It was one of those movies that I had on VHS growing up, so it was just always in. So I always played it. But yeah, if you want to look at it, it's it's a fantastic movie. And then also just as good as the uh, the 30 for 30, the ESPN 30 for 30 that does it the other way. I think it, have you seen this, Liam? The, I think it, I forget what it's called. It's, uh, I want to say of Mice and Men. It's some play on that, but it's the same exact story of the 1980 dream or uh, Miracle on Ice, but it's from the Russian side. So they interview all the former Soviet athletes. And, like, you want to talk about, man, these guys might have been playing hockey, but they had the worst life. Like, they were getting up at 4 a.m., and they said that they trained 348 days a year. (laughs) And they would run, and they'd have to, like, run down to the river, and they'd just throw rocks at the ground. And I'm like, dude, what is – 
that do sucks. You, like, do you, that was not fun. Do you have Amazon Prime? I do. Then you can watch the Don Cherry movie on Amazon Prime. All right, I'll watch that. I'll probably watch it today. Or no, I won't. There's a Barracuda game later. So I'll watch it <laughs> soon. But, but yeah, no, it's um, it's a great movie. Like, It's not a documentary. That's what I'm saying. The yeah, Richard... no, I'll watch it. There's, there's a lot of those that are like, focused on one person like a biopic but it's not a documentary so i know what yeah you're so like about. like the richard movie the gordie howe movie and the cherry movie they're not documentaries um there's like a thousand movies on oj that are like that yeah they're like documentaries but they're made for tv it's like john travolta's in it yeah like um like the don cherry movie the guy who plays don cherry is uh, jared kiso oh yeah 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 you ever watched letter kenny mm, yeah i haven't Letterkenny is a show I need to watch. Watch. I've seen a lot of clips of it, okay, but I haven't so, watched it. So you know Same. Wayne, like the guy who's always wearing the collar, like like this, holding up, like the, the main yeah, character yeah, yeah. from That's who plays Don Cherry in the oh, Don Cherry cool. movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about yeah this interview. There's going to be a, yeah. some regurgitation between this and the interview, just for <laughs> yes. everyone listening at home. But I think right. we need to talk now about the Sharks because they wait, had wait, a pretty wait. fun game last night. Before we do that, let's head yes. over to our interview. All right. Let's head over to the interview right now. So, uh, folks, this is Matt from uh twigs and twine podcast uh leafs fan heavy on the leafs talk hope you all enjoy it i hate the leafs but he was somewhat knowledgeable he was well he was knowledgeable about the leafs so i mean you can't say we don't talk about the leafs we got we brought a guy on just for you leafs fans to listen to us talk about the leafs but why would you listen to us if you're a leafs fan because you can listen to leafs news on every friggin' media thing in canada enjoy Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and this is a special Red Light Hockey Podcast interview. We have our guest today, Matthew. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, so I'm not even going to try. I'm sorry, but he is from the Twigs and... Matthew Agrippa. Matthew Agrippa from the Twigs and Twine Podcast. How are you doing, sir? And welcome to the Red Light Hockey Podcast. I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Not a a problem at all. It is our pleasure. Um, And obviously, you're based out of Toronto, so you're more of a Leafs fan. So for our listeners who are from Canada and are used to TSN always talking Toronto, you can fast forward through this. I'm kidding. Don't fast forward. Obviously, this is the full interview. But um, so obviously, this will be a little more Leafs heavy as much as that hurts me as a Habs fan. Um, and I'm sure Chad wants to talk about Thornton and Marlowe because he is San Jose guy. So that makes sense. Uh, but first things first, big news happened this week. Uh, Claude Julien got fired. What's your take on this firing? Do you think it was a good firing, bad firing? As somebody who's not a Habs fan from the outside looking in, what are your thoughts on it? Um, my personal thoughts on it is I, I kind of ex- I expected it. Like honestly, to be honest, I expected Bergevin before Julien, and um, who's the other one? It was Kirk Muller, the assistant coach. Yeah, the expected- special te- special teams and assistant coach. Yes, um, I expected it to be more Bergevin before Julien getting fired, but I do understand the. The firing, they've been going down a bit of a spiral after being after challenging Toronto, my beloved Leafs, for first place in the uh, in the North Division since the beginning of the year. They've gone on a like they've gone on a downward trajectory. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure what their last like what their last few games have been. I know they've been um, sub 500 in the past few games by a long shot, but don't I don't, don't quote me on that. Again, not a, not a Habs fan. Not I try to um, know as little or I, I try to focus as little on the Habs as uh, possible. But I, I get it. Um, hiring Dominic Ducharme as the inter- or promoting Dominic Ducharme as the um, interim head coach from his assistant position, I like that. Um, 
I'm not hundred sure. Was is this his first head coaching gig in? Uh, yeah, in it's, it's his first NHL gig. Um, he went. He was in the QMJHL before the head coach uh, for Halifax. Out uh, yeah. of the seven seven years he was he coached there, the most he lost in the season was I think fifteen games in one season. And so, then obviously the head coach. Uh, he was the head coach of Team Canada World Juniors for a few years, and then like he's an up and coming coach. Like I do. I I. Love, I love seeing hirings like that. Like, granted, again, Toronto, like Sheldon Keith being hired uh, as one of the uh, as a coaching prospect, let's call him, uh, after paying his dues in the minor leagues uh, and and in uh, coaching in junior. Like, I like seeing stories like that. I it pains me to say this, but I wish him all the best. As uh, I wish him all the best in their on their journey to finishing second place behind the Leafs. Um, yeah, I think it was I think it was the smart move from. Um, from Montreal's from uh, Montreal's perspective, I think it was a very smart move, like to try and shake up the team. And I'm not 100 sure um, you would know this better than me. Didn't he have some like problems with some players? I remember he did. He, he did. To me, it looks a lot, a lot like um, a Babcock 2.0 situation. Now, now that he's gone, and like some of the stories that have been coming out in French media, it's looking a lot more and more like a Babcock 2.0 type situation. So. Yeah, we'll what see. happened? Can you be specific with that? Uh, so like Dale quite Weiss, the accusation. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for sure. Um, Dale Weiss came out and had a thing, a tweet that really basically blasted him, saying he treated him like a disgusting human being and all that stuff. And then the tweet got deleted like really, really quickly after, probably because he's still an active player. Um, and then also, a lot of players that are still playing there keep saying like how the room has gotten a lot more positive since Julian left. Nothing very. It's all been very vague. But I know a lot of the French media have been calling it like a kind of like a Babcock situation. But that's See, just French. Anything after you can't. It, of course, it's going to be more positive. What are you going to say? We hired this new coach, and now it's more negative. Of course, you're <laughs> going to say it's positive if you're a player, right? So right. you can't you can't take that into account. That I had I hadn't heard about the tweets though. I'm you know three thousand miles away from you guys, so that I hadn't heard about that. But I don't I don't I don't love it because I don't think this was. I think this was a team that was overachieving. I don't think this is a team that's that good. Not, not that that's the wrong way to say it. I don't think this is a team that's as good as they were playing. I think right. they were, ha- they were firing on all cylinders and they were what you started five Oh and two or something. And you were like yeah. the best team in hockey. And yeah. then you came back to earth. You had a bad week. That's what it seems like. I mean, unless I'm missing something here, like you, you had guys playing way above their, what they were supposed to play at. So the, what, what did also happen too was uh, Dominic Ducharme. Um, it, the first five, sorry, the first seven games was his play style. He, like Julian basically gave him the reins, and then they lost that game against Toronto to break them five one and two. Um, which then Julian brought back in his defensive style, which is when they started losing a bunch. Um, and then that's why I think the firing happened because so basically it was Ducharme's style of offensive running gun. Um, or not a running gun, but like more of a four-check heavy offensive game. And then Julien is more of a trap-style team, and then that hasn't been working. Um, but I think that's also another reason. His system his system just wasn't working anymore with the way the league is out, is playing nowadays. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys a question. Do you think he finds another job in the NHL? If so, how soon? I think he does. He, I think by the end of the year, he? he's f- 62. Okay. I think by the end of the year he ends up in Detroit. Really? Did I mean, 
from what I've seen on hockey Twitter, Detroit fans want him for some reason. Because he's won a Stanley Cup. What do you mean for some reason? He's an accomplished coach. Yeah, that's fair. But Babcock, <laughs> Babcock also won a cup, right? Yeah, Babcock but... won a few cups, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I could see him going to, 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 yeah, to Detroit just simply for the fact that their current coach is not done very good. Mm-hmm. Not that, like, they have a bad team. Well, they have a terrible team. But I feel like with a better coach, they could be a little bit better than what they actually are. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Um, I, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I don't look, just looking at Detroit's team makeup, they don't have the pieces in place to actually like do anything with it, to make any, to make a run with it, or even just to go and get like, and to even make the playoffs. I'm not sure what position I'm guessing they're, I'm assuming they're in last place right now in, uh, in the division. I'm just going to quickly check. Yeah, last place yeah. by granted yeah. by only one point. They're one point back of of uh, sixth. So yeah, like they're they're still terrible, but I feel like they'd be a little bit better with a different coach. At least that's I don't my think opinion. You want to be better? No, I think you want to you want to fail get those top three picks. <laughs> that that is I fair. Then D- Detroit's in a good place, like in terms of where you want to be. Because if you watch the World Juniors this year, it seemed like every team had three guys on the first two lines that were from Detroit. All of Team Sweden was from Detroit, it seemed like. You know, they, they have some pieces coming up that you need a lot of them to hit, but they're not more than a few years away, I don't think. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I do think they need a new coach. I don't know if Julian – you know, it might, be, it might be true that the style is just dying and he might not get another job. I still think that yeah. trap style works the best if you have the right personnel. But – you know, it's – we'll see. We'll see. In terms of if he's going to get a job before the end of this year, I'd say no way. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. Maybe Gerard, maybe Gerard Gallant gets hired way before him. Yeah. Go or on. someone to coach Seattle. Yeah. Maybe maybe becomes an assistant. Who knows? Yeah. Like, yeah, like after – Isn't Gallant going to Seattle? Yeah. Is that is that confirmed or is that a it's, – It's a rumor. It's not confirmed yet, I don't think. Uh, did you, did well, you remember that um, Seattle's looking over Rod Brendamore as the uh, to see how he, how he's doing as the coach to see if um, if he ends up getting let go, he goes and um, reunites with Ron Francis in Seattle. No, I've sense. heard that rumor. I've heard that rumor too because I think uh, the owner in Carolina doesn't like to do like a long term contract. He just likes to do one year contracts and renew every year. He doesn't like to pay. Mm-hmm. So that 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 could bite them in the butt. Yeah. Um, now, going to the Leafs, uh, it just came out that Matthews won't be playing tonight. Uh, what's your thought on the whole Matthews wrist thing? We're playing – the Leafs are playing Edmonton tonight. They're getting back a bunch – they're getting back everybody apart from Freddie and Matthews. You're going to see Cam, Campbell's going to be playing his first game in over a month tonight. I I think I think it's you're better off resting him because he got well, – I think it's five games in eight days after coming, starting with tonight's game. So I think it's better, you're better off just rest, like resting him, letting him like re, uh, rehab for a couple of days, because I know they, they play today and then they don't play till Monday again against the Oilers. So maybe give him that time. Let uh, give him yesterday. Obviously he, he was didn't skate. Today he's not skating. Give him tomorrow off as well. Give him just that time to re uh, to rehab the injury that he has. It's dated. They say day to day. It shouldn't be. It, sh- it should just be a few. They like got day to day situation. Not like oh my god, who was that? Who was that um, 
that player where they said day to day, but they, uh, the coach that he's going to be day to day for a long time. Uh, Armia with his concussion. Aaron what, Carlson. I'm not a hundred percent sure who that is. Um, but yeah, there was that one coach that said like this player got hurt. He's going to be day to day for a long time. So I, I don't think it's going to be one of those situations because granted, like, I don't know if you put a player on LTI on, on the injured reserve, it's he's gone for 28 days minimum. Right. Right. So I don't think Toronto wants to do that with Matthews. Who's on a tear this year. Yes. Yes. We can't not talk about that. Um, now you're a Leafs fan. Are you one of the Leafs fans that think he's better than McDavid or are you kind of realistic and be like McDavid's the best player right now, skill wise? I'm a Leaf fan. I'm not that much. I'm not like that kind of Leaf fan. Okay. Um, McDavid is, he's a generational talent. Austin is, I'd say Austin is a top five player in this league. I would go McDavid, like not obviously not going to put it this in order because I'm not trying to get absolutely just bark that on, on uh, hockey Twitter <laughs> tonight. But um, top, my top five players that I have to say would be Crosby, McDavid, Austin, and then Dreisaitl and uh, what's his name? McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah. With head, with Hedman as a, as a very, very close six. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I Again, mean, not in order for those listening. Not, that's not my position, my positioning in order. I mean, it's still better than our other co-host who's not here to defend himself. But uh, what was he? What was he arguing about, Paul? That about oh, Chad. But he was arguing. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, what was he Paul was arguing? About? He was arguing that if if you had a thirty-one team draft in the NHL, that Sidney Crosby would be the first pick. And we were just there's no shot. There's just no way that that would happen. You'd pick five guys before you picked Crosby, in my opinion. But that's my opinion. And he was trying to argue that he basically trying to argue that McDavid wasn't the best player in the league. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to chat. I'm going to have to disagree with you there because I do not, I, again, I, like I mentioned, Crosby's a top five player in this league. Top three. Top three. No, that's, that's top such three. blasphemy. If, not... if you ask it, so it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about one season, like you want one guy, sure. Right. If, if you're talking like the beginning of this season, you can pick one guy for this season and this season only you pick Crosby and that's fair. And I get that. But if you're talking about, I want this guy for even say five years, right? Five years, you're going to want three or four guys ahead of Crosby. At least you're going to want dry you're going to want McDavid. You're going to want McKinnon. You're probably going to want Hedman. Like not to mention young guys that you think are going to turn into something. Kapril Kaprizov is going to take this league over, but that's a whole nother story. We can well, get into in fantasy right now. Yeah, it's but saying that, you know, like I get hanging on to it's a difference because you're hanging on to the old idea of Sidney Crosby. And I watched Sidney Crosby beat my team in the only Stanley Cup they ever went to. And Sidney Crosby, it's, you know, someone who my entire hockey life has been the best player in the game pretty much. And he's trying to hold on to that mantle and he's doing a good job and he's still up there. But I mean, he's not, you know, he's he's no longer the best player in the world. And I think people are having a hard time accepting that. And I think that there are three or four guys that are objectively better than him. And that's just how it goes. I'm not disagreeing with you on the fact that he's not the best player in, in the world any, uh, at this moment. But when I, when, I'm, when I, at least this is my perspective, when I talk top five players in the league, I talk, talk, like I'm talking top five players in the league on a one season basis. Because you, yeah. you can't predict like five years down the road 
Because you could say for say for example, okay, top five players in the league five years down the road, McDavid's going to be up there. What if he has a career-ending injury? Well, yeah, but what if Crosby ages like every player in the history of the NHL has aged? You know, that's that's for certain that his game is going to decline sometime oh, in the next five or six years. I'm not dis- I'm yeah. not disagreeing with you on that, but mm-hmm. I do I do also I'm the, I'm the type of guy that puts that also likes to put emphasis on intangibles like. This guy, yeah, the hockey IQ and all that, yeah, that makes guys around him better. He's that Mm -hmm. he's that true leader that I think teams like. I think would kill to have. I think Crosby has a lot higher hockey IQ than McDavid. I will I will say that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's one thing that I will say. McDavid, he's good. He's amazing, but I don't think there's a player that matches Crosby's hockey IQ in league at this moment. Oh yeah. Think I can think of. Maybe, maybe McKinnon as a very distant second, but even then, like I don't, I, I can't think of anybody who's that intelligent hockey IQ wise. Well, yeah, well, McKinnon's just got the title, unless I'm crazy, of the best two way center, two way forward in the league, in terms of what he gives you on both <clears> ends. I mean, yeah. he, there's definitely better defensive centers, but no one that's better that's also giving you that offense. Yeah, but also if you, yeah. think, so, if you think about it, Mc, sorry to interrupt, but if you think about it, McDavid's Crosby protege. Yeah. Yeah. They're from the same town. They grew up. They, they train together. They train together every summer, like every yeah. off every off season, because the off season this year was in the fall. Yeah. Um. Can't say can't say every summer anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh. But he's Crosby's protege. He's gonna be the guy that, like, I feel I feel like once Crosby retires, obviously since McDavid's still gonna be in the league when Crosby's gone, Crosby's gonna turn into McDavid uh, is gonna turn into the Adam Oates for uh, for McKinnon. Like you know Adam Oates. He's uh, he tr- he's still like he's a consultant with players now like still teaching them like in the off season like trying to help them mm-hmm. coach them help them out in the off season. McDa- I think Crosby's still going to continue to be that way for McDavid uh, McKinnon. Now because of Crosby's really like hockey IQ and how smart he is around the game, do you think he can ever become a coach, or do you think he's like kind of like Gretzky? He's too good to be a coach. It's too cerebral. I don't I don't think that I don't think. He's one of the guys that has always seemed like a lead by example type, right? Like do as I do. And he doesn't, he doesn't strike me as a coach. He doesn't strike me because a lot of the times coaches are pretty outspoken and they can speak the game very well. And Crosby from everything I've heard, obviously I've never met the guy, but from everything I've heard and seen and watched, it seems like he's more of a. Yeah. He's more of like a. a Take, but I, I don't see him being a coach. That's just me. Um, yeah, like, again, I'm a believer in the best, the, the best players can't coach. Like, it's kind of a cliche. It's kind of a cliche, uh, thing to say, but like, though, like you guys know the concept, like the, the idea of those who can't do teach, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is why, like, you see like these guys that are like, granted, they're still amazing hockey players. Still, they still made it to, to the pros, but you see guys that didn't have, that didn't carve out the greatest careers from themselves becoming coaches like i've seen so many i've seen so many coaches nowadays who are like they played a couple years a couple years in the in the show played 10 even guys that play like journeyman minor league careers um like guys like sheldon keith travis green like they played but they weren't top tier talent alex burrows montreal now i forgot Mm -hmm. that he oh my god i forgot about that yeah well gallagher is gonna turn is gonna turn into even more of a prick now (laughs) Brennan <laughs> yeah. Gallagher, perfect. Alex Burrows, have fun with that. Top tier players have only ever been top tier players. I think that's why, 
because yeah. you have a journeyman, he's got to fight to keep his career going. So he's got to play 11 different roles to make a team where Sidney Crosby has been line one center, every team he's ever been on. Right. Yeah. So it does, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean he doesn't know the game because he does, we know that, but you know, it's, that's why I think is because there's not a lot of versatility to what he's had yeah. to do to stay on a team. So yeah. that's, uh, personally, like, I, see, I see him getting into management. Yeah. 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 He'll be yeah. a director of hockey follow, ops follow type thing. Marty, or... Follow the Marty Bruder route. And then yeah. from playing Hall of Fame career to uh, special assistant to the general manager to assistant GM and then eventually going and becoming the GM. Yeah. He's, like Steve, he's, Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman as well. Yeah. He's also, I mean, when it's all said and done, he's probably going to be a top five player of all time if he's not already. Right. Like his accolades are just going to speak for himself. Exactly. I'd say that he is at this, yeah. at this moment, I would say that Crosby is a top five player of all time. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going yeah, I mean, to gotta... mention my list because that's even more controversial than having my top five <laughs> current players list. Well, that... now we got to hear it. Now we got to hear it. No. Yeah. I think, I think the top five list is pretty universal. Is it not? Like people can argue about the people can argue about the the like seating or where people are, but I mean, unless I'm crazy, what, what's your list? You gotta tell us now. You can't just tease that, Matt, and not oh. say it. We'll say ours. How about that? I can go mine first if you want. Mine's probably just as. Listen to episode three of Twigs and Twine. You'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, no, no, I'm not gonna tease you guys like that. Um, again, not in order. Gretz, Lemieux, Sid, or Gordy. Yeah, it's mine. I disagree. I'm Those are my five. You're just going to put four Habs in it. If you say Jean Beliveau or Maurice Richard. Yeah. Okay. Not in order. Gretzky, Lemieux, uh, Crosby, Eddie Shaw, or... or. Really? No Gordy. I I put Maurice Richard over Gordy Howe. That's controversial. That's that's mine. I might be a bit of Habs bias in me. But I'd also a bit. controversial, I think, uh, and this is no disrespect over Richard in his career, um, but you, you have to like think about it. Gordy played longer than anybody else. Like he's, he played for longer than anybody else ever have and ever will. He right. played five. He played five decades in the league. Right, and th- th- again, that that is fair. I just, I think what Richard did and what he had to go f- like to fight against is a lot to look at too to make him why he's he's so great a lot of the stuff that we i don't know if you have you ever seen the movie um the rocket the more shared movie not actually that's one of the it's, movies that i've i've been like thinking about watching i keep forgetting i really recommend it um i know there is a lot of subtitles for the people who don't understand french oh is it all french it's not all french it's it's bilingual it's as if it was in the times so when Richard's talking with his family and everything like that, it's in French. No subtitles for that. But then when he's with the coaches and the GMs, it's all in English because at the time the GMs and the coaches were all English, right? Yeah, makes sense. So it's it's a bilingual movie. It's done by uh, by CBC and uh, Radio Canada. But it, it's a really good movie. Yeah, um, I don't know, when I think of yeah, again, like that's one movie that I, I should watch. Uh, where can it? Is it on Netflix or any of those? Services? It's on. Um, Apple, I think, on Apple TV. Okay. Um, no, I. Have you guys ever seen the two, two the Gordy Howe and the Don Cherry stories? I have. I have. Don Cherry. Uh, it was played by who was it? Oh my god. Oh my god. He's on. Le- he's 
Wayne from Letterkenny, one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, Jared Kiso. He played yes. Don Cherry. Performance of a lifetime. That guy, he he can he was really able to encapsulate Don Cherry and his like uh, insane mentality. Yeah, no, it's I, I hey, greatest coaches of all time. Who do you think the top five coaches are? That's where my knowledge starts to dip. Um, yeah, I can't go as deep there. I know Stan Bowman's probably the best, but other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I'd wrong Bowman, buddy. Wrong Bowman. Oh, wrong Bowman. It's not Stan. Wrong Bowman. Scotty. Mm-hmm. Scotty Stan Bowman, Bowman, the GM or the president of hockey ops for the Blackhawks. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 Scotty, yeah. Sorry, Scotty Bowman, president of hockey ops for the Blackhawks. Yeah, sorry. Scotty's the president and Stan's the GM or something, something like that. Is Scotty still the president? Something like that. I think he's senior advisor. Uh, I know both Bowmans work for the team. In yeah, some well, the, Bo- the Bowman is who I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the Bowman who coached. Because I know yeah. Scotty Bowman, he's like 80. Hold on, hold on, I'm looking this up right now. He's 87 years old and he is, um, he's living out of Tampa Bay. So I doubt, I think he's just like a senior advisor role. Uh, yeah. Like I- similar to what Cliff Fletcher is doing for Toronto. They both have the same initials. <laughs> mm-hmm. suppose, he's, suppose he's Stan Bowman's like that guy's a firecracker. Suppose he's a great guy. Like he knows how to have a great time. Yeah, that's what I've I've heard that too. I heard he likes to party. Um, yeah, probably, I, can't, I can't get into my back to what you're saying. I can't get into my top five coaches because I don't have that much knowledge of coaches from back back then, back in the day. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to do some research to answer that educationally. That's yeah, fair. you'd have to you'd have to get me back on next week to tell you that. <laughs> I think maybe uh, Cherry's got to be up there. Yeah, or at least Cher- Cherry's. I don't know he's he's controversial, but like he's done a lot for the game as well. So yeah, I, ideally, let's not get into. Yeah, that's the, towards yeah. the end of his career because. Yeah, but, but young yeah, coach, young Don Cherry is a coach. Point. Yeah. From a coaching standpoint, yeah, he had a long and storied career. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the times changed and he didn't. That's just how yeah. it goes. Yeah. So, kind of yeah. like who's that other coach who was like Mike Keenan? He was around for a long yeah. time and then he just didn't change with the times. Stories about that guy are coaching. crazy. Is he still coaching? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, he not, is he not with Kunlun still in China? Yeah, in the KHL. That's what I mean. Like he kind of he got vanished from the American, from the North America. Yeah, um, it was hilarious. Or not hilarious, hilarious. It, was, it was interesting. I got this, like, I read back at this about a year ago, just doing, doing some prep research on Keenan for, um, for an article I wrote. And, um, like, he, he retired for, or he, he got his last coaching gig in, like, 06, 07, I think it was. And then, like, in 2015, he was back, he was back coaching. Like, he just, he was off of social media for years. And then he went back on social media saying, want to announce that I made my coaching comeback signing with uh, Metalurg Magnitogorsk in the KHL. Yeah, I mean, I guess in Russia, it's kind of Russia. <laughs> Not much to say but, about that. Okay, for all, all the listeners and for, you, and for you guys, if you guys want to hear some good Mike Keenan stories, Spitting Chicklets, the first interview with Tim Stapleton. My God. Yes. Great. Like, that guy, you, you, you'll find out exactly how much of a nutcase Keenan is. <laughs> I agree. That is a great interview as well. Uh, so yeah, a little send a listen over to Chicklets if you want to hear that interview. Um, also talking about Toronto and everything like that. What do you think of the goaltending situation in Toronto? Um, 
I think Freddie's been playing out of his skull this year compared to usual. Do you want, do you keep Freddie after the end of the year or do you let him walk? I would, I would keep him. It's not going to happen. Cap world flat in a flat cap world. It's not going to end up happening because he doesn't have, or sorry, Toronto doesn't have the cap space to be able to afford him, him, uh, Jack Campbell, Zach Hyman. There's a few other guys. Like obviously, like guys like Thornton and Spezza, they'll be back on a one-year seven hundred K deal, seven fifty, whatever it is. But guys like like Hyman, he's making two and a quarter right now. Last year of his deal, I, I would expect him to ask for nothing less than four. Yeah, I, he's I could see him. five million bucks right now, and I, I wouldn't expect anything less than seven five from him. I, I think it all depends him. on the season. Yeah, it depends on the rest of this year because you said it yourself. He's playing out of his skull, and we were talking pre-show. And, you know, I firmly believe that Toronto is the best team in the league. But I See, think they're so – I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Yeah, Chad, you're my favorite on the show now. Yeah. So, but now I'm going to become your least favorite. They're scoring at an absurd rate that I don't think can keep up. And they're getting a very good goaltending, which I don't know if it will keep up. And so, it's with an asterisk because I do think – I do think Tampa is a more complete team, especially if Kucherov comes back, playoffs, and he's good then there's going to be a problem there. But, I mean, I'm definitely taking Toronto out of the north. And then with this playoffs, who knows? But I'm definitely taking Toronto out of the north. They finally got what they've been missing all these years, but it's goaltending. It's 100% of the time is what it comes down to in the playoffs is goaltending. So it just depends on how Freddie does. And, it, you know, you guys need to stay healthy too. You've had a lot of guys miss time. So we'll see how it ends up, but – Freddie, you know, it's goaltending is one of the things where, of course, being an American, I always relate it to other sports. You can overpay for a quarterback, I think. I think you overpay for a quarterback in the NFL because literally no teams win without a good quarterback, right? No team's going to win the Stanley Cup without a good goaltender. So you have to pay your goaltender. So I'm okay with paying your goaltender, even if it is a little bit much. You know, it's Toronto. Pay him. Who cares? Then again, you you can look at Florida, see Aslan, how that worked out. (laughs) <laughs> or or Montreal for that case, right? I mean, Price is still the best goalie in the world. Yeah, and you still haven't won anything with him, though. So, goaltending isn't everything. You need a team. Price is definitely in that conversation, though. But, yes. but I don't know, yeah. personally, personally, and I've talked to a few people about this. Uh, actually, before I get into that, just mentioning what you were saying about um, like they've been, they've been scoring at a higher click than they should be. Like I'm looking just on the score mobile right now, and Austin Matthews got a twenty is shooting at twenty two percent right now. That's Marner, Marner's at sixteen seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Willie's at sixteen three. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I do have to ask you now because we are we're we're talking about the Leafs, and is just something I've noticed through the years. What is it with the Leafs' obsession with San Jose Sharks ex players? Because it goes back. You've had three former Sharks captains. We've only had like 10 captains. You've had three of them. You've had Owen Nolan. You've had Patrick Marlowe. You've had Joe Thornton. You had Vesta Toskala who came in to save the day a while ago. Don't start with that. You've had so many guys come. And I mean, even the like you signed Aaron Dell this year, who was terrible for the Sharks. He didn't even make your team. It's like, I don't understand what you think we're doing in San Jose. But, you know, is is, is there something there? By the way, Joe Thornton looks a lot better than I thought he would. I mean, I guess he's playing with Marner and Matthews, but he looks pretty good this year, does he not? Yeah, and tonight he's playing with – actually, tonight, according to – I think it was Elliot Friedman, 
uh, he's playing with uh, JT and um, Marner tonight, which that should be interesting. See if, he can interesting the, see if he can get the puck over to JT, get his uh, season back up and running. But no, like, I, okay, uh, again, I'm 18. I haven't had the chance. I haven't had a chance to like actually see Owen Nolan when, when he was playing with Toronto and mm-hmm. like enjoy it. But like, think about it. Like, this is, I'm not gonna lie. This isn't a San Jose. It's like with Martin, or sorry, with Marlowe and Thornton. It's not a San Jose thing. It's a. Mm-hmm. These are two like elite. They were two legends elite players. They're two yeah. elite players, and we were, we had the chance to pick them up. Like, so mm-hmm. you can say it, it was the same thing with Spezza. Like, there we had a chance to pick up some veteran, some veterans that yeah. you need it for the around, way your team's been around. That had to give to give a boost on a, on a chance at a cup. Aaron Dell, mm-hmm. I. Like I, I once I saw that contract was signed, I knew he was not going to uh, make the team. He was like, yeah. well, one, I think it was one year, eight hundred k for a third goalie. Like we all, we all knew going in. Everybody knew. Um, I think even Aaron Dell probably knew the ca- the role going in. He was going to be the third string goalie with uh, behind Freddie and Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's. It was just you know, just giving you a hard time. I just thought it was funny because so many of the former guys ended up there. But I'm happy, you know, for. I'm definitely a Toronto fan just this year because Joe Thornton probably deserves a cut more than any player in the NHL. I'm thinking off the top of my head because Ovi finally got his. So I would say he probably deserves one more than anyone. I mean, Marlowe, but that's not going to happen either this year. So it is how it the goes. Deadline's still a thing. Hmm? The trade deadline's still a thing. Weirder things have happened. Galchenyuk's a leaf now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I- that's crazy. I don't know why they would sign him, but. I, I was going to ask uh, you about that. What do you What do you yeah. think of Galchenyuk? Like, he, I, I mean, Montreal basically got traded Galchenyuk for Josh Anderson. If you look at, yeah, they traded Galchenyuk for for like a four year four year loan of Max Domi and then Josh Anderson for the next seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone's going to revitalize uh, Galchenyuk's, Galchenyuk's career, it's the player development staff with the Leafs. Do you think he can make it come back in Toronto, or do you think he's done? He's going to the KHL. The fine comeback, like a serviceable player in the NHL. Yeah. If I do, do I think he's going to be back to his peak of thir- uh, having a thirty goal season like he did with Montreal? No chance in hell. No. But I do believe that he, working with the player development staff in Toronto, I think he can make. He would be able to be an imp. To be to be a serviceable player, um, a positive uh, wins above replacement. That's my only uh, advanced stat that I know. Don't ask me anything else on advanced stats. <laughs> um, I love advanced stats. I can go all day. But I may, yeah. I, I, we may have to talk after. I may have to get a little uh, masterclass in uh, advanced stats. <laughs> Got you. Um, but no, um, like if you look at Toronto's development staff in the past, in the past they've been able to like revitalize the career of a guy like Justin like the prime example that I use is Justin Hall he was a pick for he was a um, Chicago pick he was toiling in the ECHL then Toronto signed him Toronto signed him to a minor league deal went down to play in in the coast then made, worked his way up working with the development staff year after year and now he's a top four defense he's a top four defenseman on Toronto who like I'm never gonna forget when I heard a guy like even Brian Burke saying how he loves him t- saying he's a high top four defenseman yeah that's, so that's I think, fair I think they, they're going to take their time with him. Like they acquired him last week and he hasn't even sniffed making a, an appearance with the team. He's at, he actually this morning, as of this morning um, on the 27th of February, he got sent down to the minors to play with them, to get some game time with the Marlies because um, 
obviously he got placed on waivers by uh, Carolina, so he, and he cleared, so they, he can go up and down for the next thing three, four months. Does think, do the Marlies Georgia? play at? Uh, do the Marlies play at Scotiabank? Uh, no, they play out of. Um, used to be called the Rico Coliseum. Now it's called Coca Cola Coliseum. Uh, Coca Cola Coliseum, I think. Gotcha. It's um, right inside of the uh, the CNE, the Canadian National Exhibition. Cool. Yeah. Beautiful arena, actually. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Barracuda are getting their own arena pretty soon. Sorry. So I said the Barracuda are getting their own arena pretty soon out here in San Jose. So I think that would leave only. I, doesn't Winnipeg play in? Uh, in, uh, I, I can't think of their stadium's name. Do, don't the doesn't the Manitoba don't the Moose play there? Or am I crazy? Uh, not anymore. Not 100% they, uh, sure. they just moved. They oh, used did to they? go to there. But they're moving. To, it's still called Bell MTS, but it's different Bell MTS. Oh, cool. Okay. They uh, because so the Winnipeg uh, got a got a OAS, WHL team. The Winnipeg Ice. Really? So now, yeah. So now the Moose and the Ice play in the same arena. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Bell MTS place too, yeah. basically. Fun, uh, fun AHL fact for you guys. Last year, the Barracuda played the Iowa Wild. And I remember looking at the stat sheet of the game before the game and seeing Kapriel Kaprizov and uh, their goalie, Kakinen. Is that his name? Is that how you say his name? Apple Kakinen, yeah. Unreal. Not Kaprizov as much. I don't remember him, but I don't even think he was there. But – um. Yeah, he the, wasn't. He was with. He was in. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was in Russia. KHL. Yeah, but they they had the leading score in the whole AHL, whose name escapes me. But I remember watching uh, Kakinen play against the Barracuda, and I think he had forty two saves or something crazy like that. And I just remember thinking, like, oh my god, who is this guy? And then of course, like fourth game of the year, they come in and play the Sharks, and I'm like, oh, okay, so he's he's legit. He's an NHL goaltender. But that's a side story, so we can get on back. But yeah, we'll. Should be it should be an interesting end of the season because the North Division is not what you thought. Going into it, it seemed like there was a clear cut, like a clear cut, like you thought Edmonton was going to be the same Edmonton team they had been underachieving. You thought Calgary was going to be a lot better than they are. You thought, you know, Ottawa was going to be Ottawa, but it's been interesting to see how the top of that division is. I think it's pretty much shaken out how everyone, like the four teams might still make the playoffs. But what are you, what are your guys' picks? If you had to pick those four teams today, who's making the playoffs out of the north? Um, at the beginning of the season, I had my I had my top four as Toronto. I think it was Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Winnipeg. And I'm I still... had the same thing, but I had Edmonton over Winnipeg. I have Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, Ottawa. No, looks like Toronto. I, looks like Toronto, and this isn't coming. This isn't just me like being a Leaf fan. It looks like Toronto is going to like go and run away with this division. I think so too. I think Ottawa is going to sneak and steal a lot of games from a lot of teams. It might just sneak into that that fourth seed. Mm-hmm. Looking so Ottawa is. Listen, if the Leafs don't finish in the first in first, it's going to be because of Ottawa. They have been the one team that constantly causes Toronto and like the Leafs and their fans. Me more than most, a lot of stress because for the past, like ever since I've been, ever since I've started watching hockey, Ottawa has always had Toronto's number. Montreal too. Not really. Well, I mean this year, sorry. This year too. What are, what, what is it? Montreal's two and one against Toronto? No, against. Two and no, one, like, sorry. Montreal is against Ottawa I'm talking. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, Ottawa's um, been 
pain on Montreal side too. Ottawa's been the sneaky team this year. Like they've been like they've been stealing games. Like I think it was the last night or the night before they beat Calgary six one. Yeah. I mean, can I not point out the obvious here? So what are the two biggest markets in Canada? Toronto. Montreal and Toronto. I mean, there's gotta be there's gotta be you gotta see the correlation here that like the big markets with that much pressure just don't don't work. Like it doesn't it doesn't produce wins because and I'm talking you know it's been the biggest forever. But hockey media really blew up. What probably late mid '80s, early '90s. When did it get really big? When did Bob McKenzie like media Gordon? I mean, Montreal has been hockey media since ever. But no, but like the pressure and like hockey media, hockey media where you can't leave your house and where you get recognized everywhere. Maybe it's crazy. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but it's, it's been it like Montreal like, since forever. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they didn't have TV cameras until the sixties. So it's not like that forever. So, so the, you know, the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's still like, I don't know the big, the big markets. And it's only really in Canada because New York, I guess, hasn't been, they haven't been good, but they haven't been terrible. But in the U.S., the big markets don't really do anything. Pittsburgh's not a big market. Chicago is a big market, so I guess they've been good with a big market. But I just see how much pressure these guys have on them and how you fire Claude Julien after, and, you know, extenuating circumstances, but you fire him after two bad weeks. Like, I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be hard to win there. It, when, I don't, I don't know. This is, you know, from where Evander Kane could walk down any street in San Jose and no one would know who he was. So it's, right. it's, it's a little different here. And I see it differently, but I mean, do you guys not think that that pressure, that pressure affects the team negatively? How, many, think... cu- how many cup wins does San Jose have? Hey, why don't you take a big, big breath? We've <laughs> seen our team win the same number of cups. That's to everybody in this room. So you can say that if you want to, but you haven't won a cup since 1967. So you've had 23 more chances than the Sharks and you have zero. So, them, you know, it I mean... is what it is. We're the last um, Canadian team to win a cup, so I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But Canada hasn't won a cup in 26 years. And so, like, you know, you can you can sit on history if you want to and stand there and say that. That's great. You could have your laughs, but, you know. It's haven't won a fun. cup since there was, what, six fun, teams in the league? It's all in good fun. Oh, no, it is. But I just I just don't know because – and I mean, it's a I, – I don't know because it's something that I'm just wondering because it's just such a different ball game in Canada, literally with hockey because hockey except for a few teams in a few states here it's not the ticket right it's not the primary thing in town you know even in chicago you got the bulls you got the cubs like no one's really going to watch the blackhawks even when they're good so i don't know it just seems like that much pressure where it's like win or nothing you know it's it it just doesn't it doesn't seem to breed very very much success in recent times but i don't know and i'm asking i'm not i'm not trying to make some crazy point like do you think there's any truth to that or no? Like, um, person, I don't know, personally, I can, yeah, like, uh, just again, I might like my hockey knowledge terms, like the markets in like Montreal, for example, like it's not the greatest, but like, I know just judging from Toronto, like it's been, it's been like the running thing for years now. Like the media, the media is what drives play is like they just drives players insane. You look at Phil Kessel, you look at Dion Phaneuf. They're like they got driven they got driven out by uh, of Toronto by the media. So like that can't be good for a team, is it? I mean not good for a team, not good for the players. I yeah, mean, so 
going to Montreal now, if you're going to talk about the two biggest markets in Canada, Montreal is a tale of two evils. So if you look at RDS, they're, they like kind of distribute the blame pretty evenly and like they're very tough on everybody evenly. But then if you go to TVA, which is the other big media, French media in uh, Montreal, um, they're very anti-Anglophone, which is very annoying. So like, so like recently, Philip Deno, he's been playing terrible for Montreal. I would call it what it is, what it is. He's not, he's not been to what he should be playing. And they've been always calling him. They've been basically protecting him, putting the blame on everybody else around him. It's Armia's fault, or it's Tafoli's fault, or it's uh, Kotkaniemi's fault. It's not Deno's fault. Because Deno was like the, he's the French Canadian kid from Montreal, supposed to be the savior of the team. But like, it just, it is what it is. He hasn't been playing good. That's actually one thing, like, uh, you mentioned Deno. That's one thing I want to ask you guys about. What are your thoughts on the whole Deno uh, contract saga? Um, I think the reason why he's playing bad is because he, he did, it's weighing on him mentally for not signing that contract. And I think his agent's going to get fired. <laughs> At the end of the season. Really? You think so? Well, it's because he wanted to sign that contract and his agent told him not to. Uh, it's, so again, I think looking back at it now, it's like, because like he could have made $5 million a year for the next seven years. Wait, was that the actual number five by seven? I'm not like, yeah, it, yeah, it's five by seven. Right it's five by seven. Oof. Right? And now he's has nothing. And like, do you think anybody's going to offer him five by seven? Because at the rate he's been playing now, he hasn't scored a goal yet this year. Okay, See, but also, I crazy. also don't think that from a neg- I don't. I think this season's such a wild card that teams are not going to put much emphasis on it, or like at least they shouldn't put much emphasis on it. Because think about it, it's a pandemic season. Everyone's routines are off. Like team players are only allowed into the arenas at maximum an hour and forty five minutes before the game starts. You look at a guy like Sidney Crosby, getting back, we were talking about him earlier. He likes to get into games three hours early. Right. So, like, right. I, I, think, I think this year, like, it's, I don't know what the right, it's an outlier. Like, because you got, like, routines are, routines are, like, all screwed. Um, yeah. The actual gameplay, like, it's just, di- it's different. People are stressed out about, like, people have to worry about keep trying to keep themselves safe. Like, it's just, I don't think, like, Granted, like it's still still pretty damn good hockey going on, but like at this this season, I think hockey is not the most important thing going on in the NHL. I think they need, no. which I which I completely agree with. Like I think now at this with this season, like they try and play as much as you can, but like health and safety is the number one priority. Should be the number one priority, and I think it is. And yeah, and and I think it the simple question. It's like it's we've had this argument before, and we'll have it till the end of time, but. You look at all the sports champions that have happened. I don't think you can really count is the wrong word because like the 2020 NBA champions and 2020 World Series champions, they'll always be the Lakers and they'll always be the Dodgers, right? They won both and they did it. But like, I don't think that you can really count it. Like you look at the history of the game and same with the NHL. I mean, the team who wins this year is going to be the healthiest. That's pretty much what it's going to prove. But you just look at, it bothers me, and maybe you could speak to this, Matthew or Matt. We were talking about this. The best team rarely wins, right? Like the team that is the best over the course of the season, I shouldn't say rarely, but I would say about 50% of the time, and, and not maybe hockey is a little bit of an outlier, but the best team doesn't always win. 
the president's trophy doesn't always win. The team with the most points doesn't always win, right? Like in terms of, and what bothers me is that across all sports, which before the season you said, who's the best hockey team last year? The Tampa Bay's at the top of that conversation, right? You know, they had the, they had the poor showing against Columbus, but they were bringing everybody back. You knew they were going to be there. The Dodgers were the best team. The Lakers were the best team. Bothers me because the best team almost never wins. And they won every championship last year, which maybe that's a good thing because it's, you know, more true and the best team did win, but I don't know. It's just, you look at teams like teams like St. Louis who won and teams like even Washington and Washington was a good team. And I'm not trying to say they weren't the best team that year. Cause they won the, they won the cup, but you're talking about the best constructed team and the team that I don't know. I don't think it's them, but that's just me. You know, yeah, you have I, your I, dynasties. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know in terms of, in terms of what you're saying, like the best team, fifty percent of the time, like half the time, never wins. You, I'm gonna be honest with you. You were, you were right the first time when you said the best team rarely wins. I don't remember the exact number and the exact stat, but I remember reading something like, in the past ten years or fifteen years, the President's Trophy winning team won once. Yeah, it's always there's always an upset. The, the President's Trophy, like the first place team, will net will rarely ever win anything. Like. Okay, granted, like this could be different for football, soccer, baseball, basketball, because like my my knowledge, my sports knowledge is hockey and Serie A soccer. Okay, quite the combo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean la- last year the President's Trophy wasn't even Camp Bay though; it was uh, Boston, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last, but again, getting having a three month break in the middle of the season last year, I really don't count because that's just. I mean, you had guys who broke their leg halfway through the season that could come back to playoffs. Like Ilya that McCoy. Ilya McCoy. Yeah. Absolute yeah, like that's, that's, that's crazy. And, like, it's again, it's not – I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, the Dodgers are the 2020 World Series champions. But you have to ask yourself how many World Series champions played 56 games in the regular season. And right. how many, you know, and it, it, and it might be harder, right? And I think the it, – it's mean, just I, looking at this season, maybe it's okay. But hockey is a war of attrition. Everyone gets hurt. You're playing 80 games. That's what hockey is. You have to build your team to last. And you're literally, if you played every game you could possibly in the playoff, I think you're playing 76 games, 75, because you play 28 plus the regular season. But, yeah, I mean, this is again. Well, with this argument, you're also saying the 2013 Chicago Blackhawks have an asterisk as well. Yeah, they do. And an asterisk, an asterisk isn't a bad thing. An asterisk isn't bad. You just have to ask yourself how many, how many teams ever won a cup playing a different number of games, right? And so, of course, the games back in the day were less. But if everybody in the league is playing the same number of games for an extended period of time, I think that's okay, right? And if it's a lockout that the players have no control over, eh, it's all right. But it's still going to be a thing, you know? Like, who who knows if that Blackhawks team in 2013? And I have an easier time with the Blackhawks because they were a dynasty. Right, just like I was saying, like if 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 Tampa Bay had won two of the last three cups, say Boston won that cup last year, right? Yeah. Like aside from them being the President's Trophy, like if they won that cup, it's like okay, Boston got another one. They've been good. They've been in the mix with this core for a long time. But you know, Tampa, they literally choked in the playoffs, and then the playoffs changed. It's the same argument with the Dodgers, like the team that knocked the Dodgers out of the playoffs in 2019. W- would not have made the playoffs in 2020. And it's just like because of where the season was. And so that's my problem with it is that it's different. 
but this is a whole other conversation that we could do a whole other hour on, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that, that is very true. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think you can't really put an asterisk. I'd say almost last year, some would argue it was almost harder because the playoffs were, there was four series to go through. There was that play-in round that a lot of teams, like, if they lost, they technically didn't even make the playoffs looking at uh, Toronto, looking at Pittsburgh. Yeah, but I don't think the difficulty is what I'm talking about. It's not that it's easier or harder. It's that it's not what it is. That's true. It's That's not true. the it's not it's not the 82 game season. I mean, it was kind of, but but yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, now, again, going back to Toronto and your Leafs love. Do you like the contracts that Matthews, Marner, and Tavares are on, or are you kind of meh? Like, what are what are your thoughts on all those big contracts? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give my two cents on what Chad was talking about. Oh, sure. sure. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Um, I don't – I can't I, – I disagree with you on the – and I disagree with most people or everyone who says, like, the concept of the asterisks. Like, it, the only time I would put an asterisk on a season would be, like – can you correct me if I'm wrong, but did the AHL not used to go by points percentage? Not games, um, not like wins and point points. Oh yeah, I'm, they they go on it because the Western Division plays less games. That's what I'm saying. So we yeah we play 66. Everyone else plays 75. I think it is. That's what I'm trying to say. Like that's yeah. something like that is where I'd put a little bit of an asterisk on because when you have team certain teams play more games than others, like when you have when everybody's playing equal amount of games, then I would like for example like the 2013 lockout, like yeah. everybody played everybody played 48 games plus the playoffs. So mm-hmm. everybody played, all teams played an equal amount of games. Like the team, all teams played an equal amount of games. So I, w- I would not be putting an asterisk on that, especially considering, so, Chicago, especially considering Chicago won the cup after winning it in 10 and winning it yeah. in and so, 15. And so it's a case by case. That's why I was saying, you know, Toronto was in the midst of a dynasty. So I was fine with it. But how about this? Take that same logic. Everybody plays the same amount of games. Why don't you compare that to the last 30 NHL champions? How many of them didn't play 82 games? Two? Right, it's just the Blackhawks. Oh no, the other lockout too. So the Black, so like three teams. Yeah, those are different. And those are ninety five thirteen, ninety five thirteen, and then last year they played. Would they end up playing like seventy six or something in the regular season? Technically, with a three month break, which is a completely different thing. So yeah, Yeah. if you you take that same logic, you know, why don't you ask the, why don't you ask the two thousand seventeen Pittsburgh Penguins if they would have wanted to play forty eight games? You know, like they probably would have. Maybe they had a couple more guys. So like. Like, I get what you're saying that in theory, it is true in theory. And that's why I said, like, the Dodgers and the Lightning and the Lakers are the 2020 champions, right? They are. Indisputably, they are. But you can't compare them to other champions because they didn't play the same number of games. It's not on the same playing field. So, you know, there's no there's less travel, too, which is a whole thing. You know, you're playing only six teams this year, which is completely different. So. There's so many differences that it's just it, – it's hard for me to look at it, not to mention that you can carry six more guys and you have a flat cap. And, you know, there's – it's it's so different to me. You're playing different teams in your division. It's just you can't you can't compare it you, because if, it's not fair. I think the North Division has the hardest travel of all, of all the divisions. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because you have to go to multiple time zones. Everyone else is pretty much in one time zone. Yeah, we're, we're spread across four different time zones. Well, that's that's how the Sharks and the West Coast teams, the West Coast teams usually get the brunt of it 
because the you know you guys have to fly out to california once we have to fly out to the east coast three four times so it's uh that's usually how it goes but again that's all to me like in the course of a regular season like i remember hearing uh the um the sharks just they didn't play a home game for the first 15 games of the season or something and because of covid they couldn't play in california and it was the second longest drought of any team and the first one that i didn't even realize was at vancouver in the middle of the season when they hosted the olympics they had like a like eight games before the olympic break and seven or eight after it for the paralympic games so i mean imagine that like is that fair that in the middle of a season you have to play 15 games on the road like no but i think it averages out because then you probably get a couple months with 13 home games right yeah. so i mean it, yeah it, every, it everybody's goes... gonna, sorry to interrupt but yeah everybody yeah. ends up playing half their games at home half the games away yeah exactly so like stuff like that that are kind of like little idiosyncrasies and anomalies like that's fine you know like you know the 48 games or 56 games the pandemic that's the kind of stuff that i look at and I'm like, you know, no other teams did this. Like, and that's why I'm saying, like, whoever wins the Stanley Cup this year will be the Stanley Cup champion, indisputably. But they're the 2021 Stanley Cup champions. But I think they're always, I mean, I'm always going to look at them a little different because they hadn't done it the way that every other team did it. So, and this is just like, you know, you can, you can dislike it. And I think it's fine. And, you know, I'm, I uh, broadcast for San Jose State is one of my jobs. And I did uh, the football games this year and we won the mountain West, which was our first conference championship in school history. And we did it going seven and oh, usually we play 12 games. And if you're asking me if that one counts, of course it does. I'm counting it. We've never won anything. The trophy's sitting in our, sitting in our front room at our athletics department. But if you're asking me, you know, is this the same as if you would have won the 2016 one? Absolutely not. We are the 2020 pandemic champions of the Mountain West Conference, but, you know, that is what it is. Just like the champions this year are going to be the 2021 Stanley Cup champions in this pandemic year. That's how it goes. I don't think it's necessarily bad. If the Sharks won the Stanley Cup this year, you best believe I'd still be blacked out somewhere partying about it. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, it's my team isn't good, and it stinks, but it's also – I don't think this season – I actually kind of like that my teams are bad because the seasons are shorter which is, you know, I'm not hating that we only have to watch the Sharks team for 56 games. But um, but it's, you know, I could go on all day about it, but, I mean, the baseball one especially is egregious. But, I mean, hockey, you have got 56 games, you're barely getting into it. 56 games, it's if – you, if you look at the, the standings after 56 games compared to 82, they're not going to be anywhere close to the same. So, you know, that's, that's a team who's peaking midseason versus a team who's peaking at the right time. So that's that's my problem with it. And it's also the reason I thought that the NHL shouldn't have finished the season at all last year and then played a full 82 this year, because I think that would have been better. And the NFL did that, where the NFL got lucky that their season ended like a month before COVID started, but they still played 16 and then played a Super Bowl and it went well. I think that teams could have done that. And I think it could have worked. I think they might've had to start it earlier, right? They might've had to start in early September and go till mid-May, but play 82 games in that stretch? I don't know, though. That's, that's just me, and that's my two cents, and we're getting way off topic here. But yes. that's, just, that's just how it goes. And that's my opinion on it. The asterisks, I think, will stand. I think that, you know, Toronto is the best team. If this theory holds up, they should win. So we'll see, because that would be fun to see hockey Twitter 
just giving it to the Leafs for, I, for winning in the pandemic oh. season. Oh, God, I would love to be on Twitter that night. <laughs> oh, I'm coming, I I'm, even coming back, hey, I'm coming back on here if the Leafs win the cup, and I'm just gonna be giving I'm just gonna be giving it right to you, Liam, the entire time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how about this? If if the Habs win, or even if the Habs play the Leafs in the playoffs and the Habs beat the Leafs, I gotta come on your show and I gotta give it to you. Is that yeah. is that a deal? All right, yeah. deal. They're gonna get knocked. Uh, out. They're gonna get knocked out by Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Calgary will sweep both of our teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. If they do, they, if they do, they do. The one I, I'd love to see Johnny Hammond Cheese get a chance at a cup. I think there's one thing you and I can both agree on. That Matthew Tuchuk is a piece of garbage. No. He knocked, my ba- he knocked out our backup for over a month, that little piece of shit. <laughs> and, then he's, and then he goes on, on the, uh, to the media after. Yeah, that wasn't my intention. It was, uh, com- and then he starts shitting on Toronto media saying, oh, yeah, it was all like, of, cor- of course, you guys think uh, just because it's me. Of course, you guys are thinking that I'm not about to try and kill somebody. The, the funny thing is the next game he played against Montreal, he tried to do the same thing to carry Price. And then he just got his ass kicked by Ben Chirot. I don't know if you saw that or not. Mm-hmm. Love it. I saw it. Beautiful. Matthew Chuck, um, great player. You guys just hate him because he's not on your team. Okay. If he was on my team, I would be saying nothing but great things about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm it's still Steve Andrew Kane. It's exactly like how Hyman. it goes. Yeah. I, I'm still upset about Burger Van picking Kakanyemi over Brady to Chuck. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's a whole other topic. Um, yeah. Just before we wrap it all up here. I'll ask you one last question. The Tavares, Marner, Matthews, Nylander contract, Nylander. What are your thoughts on them all? Do you like them, not like them, hate them, love them? Okay. Um, I can't give you a genuine, like, just like a broad answer because some I like, some I don't. Okay. Um, I'm going to go through this one. Um, if do, you, do we have time? If I go through one? Uh, we, we, have, we have all the time you want. Um, I'm going to start cheap. I'm going to start cheapest to most expensive. William Nylander, $6.9 for the next – Three four years, um, people are people have been hating on him. He's, I like that deal. I like that deal for somebody that plays top six minutes. Yeah, I really like that deal for a guy that goes that are, that can play top six minutes that can put up points. He's been struggling a little bit recently. He had two. He had that two goal game against Calgary. I think it was when I for honestly I think it was Wednesday night, Wednesday or Thursday night. Um, he had that. He had that two goal game in two goals within five minutes of game time, um, which like when I see that, like he has the pieces for it. Like I, he's a little bit more. Like I don't know, I don't know. Willie's uh, he's an enigma. He's somebody who I, he's somebody who I know. He, I know he can be an elite player in this league, but he just got. There's a few things he needs to work on. Like he needs to work. He needs to work on on his defensive side of the game, and he needs to work on like just his attitude. If I have to get if I if I have to get my two cents on that. Mitch Marner signed at 10, no, 10.9 or something. I think it's 10.9, 10.93. Cause of course, every player, every, of course, every player, when they sign a big, a big ticket has to get their, uh, their number in there somehow. Um, he's a stud him, you know, him and Austin, like Austin at 11.34 absolute studs. They're two, Right now, they're I think both in top five in scoring in the league. I can to give you the exact numbers. Uh, Marner's, his Austin, Ma- Austin Matthews tied. 
Sorry? I was going to give you the exact cap hit. I was going to give you the exact cap hit. So Marner is at 10.93. Uh, Tavares mm-hmm. is at 11, even. And Matthews is at uh, 11.64. 11.64. Um, yeah, Austin and Marner, um, like they're, th- they're th- th- tied for third and, and fifth in scoring, respectively. 31 and 30 points. Austin leading the league by a mile in goals. Like, I think they are two genuine star players who, like, I don't know. People people will be will be giving shit. Like, they gave shit to do this for signing them for that much money on, and not having them on a max term deal. But, like, I think those were – I think those contracts, they're are well worth it. Especially, cons- like, considering the, the production that they've given. Like, they're – like, the fact that those two are the face of Toronto. Like, Austin's the face of Toronto just in general. Like from a sports standpoint, like I, I completely love those. I adore those contracts. I would love to have them sign for uh, both for under 10, but I like, I think they're not the absolute greatest contracts, but they're extra. I, I think they're extremely good contracts. JT, great leadership, signed, signed for another four years at 11 million bucks per after this one. Um, great leadership. His point production has fallen off of a cliff. Uh, if I can quickly pull it up, excuse me, give me one second. I'm not falling off a cliff. He's got actually. What am I saying? Falling off a cliff. Sorry, disregard that. He's got 17 points in 21 games. He hasn't been as effective as he was in the past. What's he? What's his shooting percentage right now? He's shooting 10.5. It's a little bit low in my in my eyes for a centerman who's been who's uh, who's a top top line top six centerman. I think I I think he make like where his points have dropped off. I think he makes up for it from a leadership and intangible standpoint. And I at least that could just be my perspective because again, like I mentioned, I put a lot of emphasis on intangibles and leadership, what have you. But I don't think he's worth the eleven million bucks. And I think he's I think he's at the very least two two and a half million bucks overpaid. When when we first signed that him to that contract, still a, little, a touch high, but UFA. One of the like the 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 bell of the ball best like the top UFA since Scott Niedermeyer back in whenever that was when he signed when he signed for Anaheim. Um, but I don't know. I in the next couple, I feel like in the next few years, toward like the last two years of that contract, it's gonna be a fire like a uh, a barn fire. If that's the right, is it barn fire the right, the right term? Barnstormer. Whatever. Um, I think it's gonna. I think that they're gonna. A dumpster fire. Year. Sorry. A dumpster fire. That's dumpster what I think. Fire. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Believe um, me, I know I'm a Sharks fan. We got a lot of those contracts. <laughs> Eric Carlson. Yeah, I'm not, uh, not gonna get into that. I'm not gonna get into that with you, except for one thing. Mark Edwards last. Like, what were they thinking with that contract? Um, I love that con. That's the one contract I'm not upset about. I'm upset about all the other ones. Eight million. What is he? Eight million bucks for another five years? No, I think he's got four left. I'd have to look. But um, no, the deals that don't make sense really. Well, it's it's kind of like you're saying. The last four years, you pay a guy. You know, a guy wants an eight-year contract at age thirty. You're paying him till he's thirty-four, basically. Right? You're like, okay, we're trying to win a cup in these four years, and you'll only take it if we give you eight. So here's the money. And that's, that's not something that's, you know, specific to the sharks. Look what the Blackhawks are going through right now. Look at, I mean, even the penguins to an extent we're going through, it's 
kind of any team on the back end of a good run. The only difference is the Sharks never got it done. You know, Vlasic like if, is Vlasic's contract is seven million a year for the next um, six years. Six still? Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, but Vlasic, I think it's funny because Vlasic, I don't think he's gonna. He didn't produce that much. His production isn't going to fall off. He'll still be able to stop guys defensively. That's all he does. They literally put him out there with Carlson or Burns, so we don't have two players below the goal line and no one above the circles. It's just how it's, you know, that's what his job is really. But yeah, the Vlasic contract then isn't great. I thought he was only signed for two, three more years, but uh, Burn, Burns will be off the books. The Kane contract. I like personally. Yeah, Kane, I, Kane, I like that contract. 7 million bucks. Kane's contract. Mm-hmm. Then hurdle. I forget what he just signed for, but I like hurdles deal too. He's a I 5.6. Like, he wasn't that expensive. Yeah. He's a 5.6 like for more year. I like LeBanc. I like Meyer. I like I like all those guys, and then the Sharks just have to have a few guys hit. Ryan Merkley is a name. He's been playing in the AHL at the Barracuda. He's he seems like he's the real deal. He needs to develop defensively, but goodness gracious, he can move okay. the puck. Okay, but I have anyways, to ask. Continue. I have yeah. to ask. How the hell did you guys get Kevin LeBanc on a one-year, one million deal? That see, this is the thing about it. So everybody, I like you for asking that question because everybody hates Doug Wilson, and I get it, and a lot of it's warranted. But he got that man to sign for one year, $1 million after putting up, I think, 44 points. Yeah. Got him for one mil. Yeah. I mean, if you're asking me and, you know, of course, I'm not a I'm not a NHL official. So I don't know <laughs> how above board that was. There might have been some kind of agreement that we don't know about. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah no, OK, okay. I'll, make... I'll buy you. I'll buy you a place on uh, the Sharks will pay for your place on the. Uh, on the beach in, row. in Laguna, he signed for a million bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but no, the LeBanc deal was great. The Carlson deal, I still am holding out a little bit of hope because he was the one year we had him healthy. He was the best player, and we made the Stanley Cup. So, or the we made the conference finals, and he was the best player on the team that year, and it wasn't even really close. Then he messed up his groin, and now he's just hurt, kind of inexplicably. So it could end up being absolute garbage. I want to give him a chance when he's not hurt, but that 11.5 is, I mean, $11.5 million is too much to pay pretty much anybody who's not named Connor McDavid. So that's, that's my opinion on that. But I still think it's the same thing. If you gave John Gibson to the sharks, I still think we're a 500 team. We don't have goaltending. That's always the problem with the sharks. So I think, I think look at a cat friendly right now at the sharks. Your worst contract is not even arguably Martin Jones. Oh, yeah. Well, we're spending 10, what is it, 10 mil on two goaltenders who aren't good? Uh, 7.9. I mean, we had uh, Alexi. That Dubnik thing kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah. That Dubnik trade the, threw me for a loop. The Dubnik trade I didn't hate just because it was kind of a, you're giving up a fifth round pick for, you know, someone who was a good goaltender a couple years ago. Change of scenery might help, but. I mean, this team, you look at the moves. I mean, this team was built to win a cup two years ago, and it's just how it goes. You know, they had Brendan Dillon. They had these guys that they traded away who, you know, I mean, three years ago, our, our defensive pairs were, what, Carlson, Burns, Vlasic, Dillon, Braun. You know, like, that's a solid team. So yeah. it's, it's just – it's the fact of the matter, and it's something where I don't – you know, being in media and being on the analytics side, I don't really get mad. The Sharks got beat by a better team every year they were in the playoffs, right? Like, 
It's not like we were, it's not like we lost to some scrub teams. We lost to Chicago. We lost to Pittsburgh. We lost to St. Louis. We lost to Vancouver. We lost to teams that were good. So it is what it is, but yeah, the, I mean, Sharks are not in a good spot. They need a goalie. They need some depth. They need some defensemen. And they're not going to have a lot of cap room for a while. So we'll see how it goes, but it'll be fine. I'm going to be there regardless. We're going to win a cup eventually. A lot of big numbers says we have to. So just how it goes. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That's San Jose's one team. Like, I want them to win. Honestly, like, if the game, granted, more of my loyalty is to Patty. But mm-hmm. I want to like I want to see a guy like Patty Marlowe win the cup. Joe Thornton, obviously, he's oh. on my like I, he's another guy, but like now especially more than now more than ever, yeah. considering he's on the Leafs. But like those yeah. guys, I want to see I want to see them win a cup. Like I'm pissed off that we couldn't do it with Marlowe, but mm-hmm. do you think Marlowe's first ballot Hall of Famer? Depends when he retires. Yeah, yeah. Who who he's retiring with? Yeah, it it'll be cost. interesting if he gets the if he gets the. Uh, Gordy Howe, I don't know how they keep him out, right? Like, yeah. if he has the most games played in NHL history, it's going to be kind of tough. But he was oh, also no, the he's finalist a for the Selkie. If, if, listen, if he's not a if he's not a first ballot, he's a second ballot Hall of Famer. Joe Thornton as well. No, Joe Thornton is a first ballot Hall of Famer. We had this whole argument. He's going to end up with the second most assists in NHL history, probably. Yeah, but or maybe not second, but yeah, he was. Yeah. Anyways, how far off is it's he? The West Coast bias. Um, well, he's not even close to Gretzky, obviously. No, I have to, I'd have to look. I think he's, I think he's, I'd have to look. I, I'd be guessing, but I, I remember looking not too long ago, maybe a hundred and something. I could be way off. I'll look it up. But, um, he's, yeah, we all know he's not going to retire at the end of the year. Well, he's going to, he's going to be Yager. He's going to play until someone won't give him a contract, I think. And then he'll just play the I think in Toronto, they're going to give, they're going to give him a contract until he doesn't want to play anymore. Oh, and yeah. then, oh, Joe Thornton's then, way down there. My bad. I was way off. I thought he was way higher than this, but I still think he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Career assists, he, is, he has 1,095. Yeah, yeah 1,095 assists? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and 423 goals. How far off is he from second? Sorry? He's way off from second. He's in seventh right now all time. But So he has 1,095, and uh, sorry, this page has an ad that keeps on being ridiculous. No. But – um. The so he is 195 and yeah he's a few hundred away so he's he's a hundred behind third place basically he's I mean, in seventh and third place is a hundred away if he just stays on Matthews Lions and sets yeah, up Matthews get some... for, gets those like secondary assists to get Matthews in those 50 goal seasons he could get there yeah. pretty quickly yeah you know what, yeah, we'll just check what I want to check how he's doing like how he's doing assist wise in Toronto this year. He has six he has assists nine, in nine games. Right? Does he? he has six, six assists, assists and, and three goals and nine points in nine games. So he's a point per game. Damn. Yeah, jumbo if, jumbo if, Joe for the heart. If if, <laughs> uh, if they make a if if Toronto makes a run though, I it wouldn't shock me to see the hockey world rooting for the Leafs like they were rooting for Ray Bork and they were rooting for OB and they were rooting for all these guys at the end of their career to win cap. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Do yeah. you guys th- tell me something? If he retires, I mean, if he if Toronto wins the cup now, does he retire? Yeah, absolutely. Really? I think no. so. No. Yeah. I think, I think I, he retires. I think he moves back to Switzerland with his wife, and I think he just plays in the Swiss leagues. That's, yeah. that's what I think he does. 
Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, Personally, I think he's going to keep trying to play because he, he's, he's a Toronto boy. So mm-hmm. I think, I think he's going to want to come back and uh, repeat. Yeah, Maybe. we'll see. I don't know. He's, we'll he's like just one of the, so the Barracuda would play like 1 PM games when the sharks would be at seven, right. A lot. Cause they both played SAP center. Yep. And Joe Thornton would be like sitting in the owner's box watching the Barracuda game. And I'm just sitting there like this man makes, you know, X amount of money a year. Why is he watching AHL hockey on a Saturday afternoon in California? He, he loves just loves them. being, he just loves it. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know though, because right now he's still playing on a level where I don't know how the decline is going to be for him. If he starts could- to decline and suddenly he's like a fourth line, like, Gets on every third power play. I don't know if he's going to want to play in the NHL. We'll, we'll see. But I could see him becoming like Yager and like buying some like European team and then playing yeah, on the exactly. team that you own. H-G-Town. Well, because he met, yeah, he met his wife in uh, during the lockout. Yeah. So he met his wife during the lockout. She's like a Swedish or Swiss supermodel or something. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she's a Swiss Swiss uh, supermodel from Davos. Which yeah, is why so he, which is why he went back to play in Davos uh, during the off season this year which is why I think that's where he's going to go. Cause Joe just, I think he just wants to play hockey. He's got to be the, like, I've never really interacted with him. I've been in rooms with him and stuff. Nicest dude on the planet. I think like he's got to be, and it was all from a fan perspective, mind you No working where he was there, but still great. Dude. Yeah. But hopefully well, he wins go Leafs. You know, you know how it is, right? Right. Right. Liam go Leafs. Oh yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. You know, I, 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 I will I not say those until I die, my friends. I will not say those <laughs> atrocious words. The one thing I think um, Matthew and I can both agree on is uh, this is the best jersey for hockey history. One right behind oh, yeah. me here. Oh, yeah. Um, the toilet seat? No? Oh, sorry. Sorry, not uh, the toilet seat. It's, it's, my, it's my Team Canada jersey. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> do, you really, hey, do you really think if it was the, uh, the a Habs jersey, do you really think I would have been saying that's the best jersey of all time? I don't know. I mean, I'm maybe. Funny. I'm a Leaf fan. Come on. I mean, the Leafs can't hold on to a jersey for more than like two years. So who knows? I mean, you guys you change your leaf about? in front all the time. Buddy, what are you talking about? We had the same. <laughs> we had the same jersey uh, up until six, 2015. We had the same jersey for like twenty years. Now you just change it. You've changed it a few times since then, though, haven't you? We had the Am I crazy. Okay, obviously, all the jerseys changed when it went from Reebok to yeah, Eagles. yeah. But you change uh, you change the leaf every once in a while, don't you? Or am I making that up? I feel like you do. No, we had the same same leaf since. 70? Maybe I'm making that up then. I apologize. No, I was the same Leafs in 70 or 80. The Leafs changed in uh, 2015. No, they added the alternate. No, no, like the actual Leafs changed. Like it, they added more flair to it. Little minor See, changes. I don't think I'm crazy. And like I said, like I could be crazy, but I think that's it's, like it's a super, super minor like details that like barely you barely notice unless you like go pull them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, okay. Very minor. Yes. That's that's yeah. what I mean. Like they, they've changed it, but like nothing. Like it's still a maple leaf. I mean, maple leaf, some maple leaf, some maple leaf. <laughs> there's yeah. only so much. You, there's only so so much you can do to a maple leaf to change it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wish hockey jerseys were more inventive. I like the reverse retros for that reason because they're getting I, getting to be I, more inventive. I hate the Montreal's reverse retro. Oh yeah. I hate, I hate Toronto's reverse retro. I hate, uh, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't hate the Sharks one, but I don't like it either. <laughs> I honestly have not. I don't think I've seen the Sharks one. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. But I remember seeing the first game of the reverse retro uh, Toronto jersey. I think it was against Edmonton or Calgary, one of the Alberta teams. 
Um, and you couldn't see the, the number on the jersey. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's really no, weird. They literally had to go and they had to change it. Some of them look great. The Blues one looks pretty good. The Edmonton one looks pretty good. Oh, that looks beautiful. Ottawa's yeah. looks good. Mm-hmm. But I then, yeah. I, then I you gotta have say my, fav- my favorite one has to be the Nordiques jersey. Oh, no, okay. Uh, and now a new competitor comes out. My God, those San Jose jerseys look nice. Yeah. It's really funny because when I saw them get announced, I'm like, dude, we have – because in my opinion, we're wearing classic jerseys today. The Sharks are. They're playing the uh, Blues, I think. They're playing someone in a few hours. But we're wearing classic jerseys today. And our classic jerseys, just the old teal with the big Sharks head. I love those jerseys. I so whenever have, we I have – like, have an Owen Nolan uh, teal, like old-style shark jersey. Yeah, and so whenever we have a chance to make a jersey, I'm always like, why don't we just use those? Those are better anyways. But – um, the reverse retros aren't bad. So it took me a while. It actually, until I played it in NHL where we, I put the jerseys on a player and I was like, Oh, these look pretty cool. Okay. I'm cool with this now, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah. So we'll see the reverse retros are cool though. I just wish like, I mean, the Kachina with the coyotes is one of my favorite logos in all of sports. So. Yeah. I like whatever. the old Kachina. I like the older version of the Kachina logo better than the new one. I have to, I have to. Oh yeah, definitely. By the way, so um, did you guys hear, and yes, this is going to be a Leafs thing, but you guys are all going to be able to appreciate this, especially you, Liam. Um, the original design for the Leafs logo, or the Leafs reverse retro, was going to be an OVO-inspired Raptors, like OVO Raptors-inspired jersey, but it was vetoed at the, like, this is a rumor that I've heard, but like, like they made the con, like the mock-up for a, like, I think it was a, I think it was a black, black and yellow or black and red. And uh, oh, with OVO on like an OVO design, and they uh, they sent it to the to the head office in the NHL in New York, and it was vetoed at the last second, and they had to come up with this with the jersey that we see now with like a, in a few days. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. I've heard that too. It's, it's like what happened with the Red Wings one. It's like, it looks like a practice jersey. Dude. I'm like, what are you guys? What are you guys doing? I mean, they they basically are just doing skirmishes in the ice and how bad they're playing. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I guess that's kind of all the time we have today there. Mm-hmm. Uh so just again, Matt, uh or Matthew, sorry, although you prefer. Uh, if you want to just leave like how people can go listen to your show so our listeners can kind of go over to your show too if they want to. We'll do um so the show's called Twigs and Twine. It's a weekly hockey podcast posted every Monday at eleven AM Eastern. Um you could find us on Instagram and Twitter at twigs and at twigs and twine pod. And um, on there, you could find our link uh, in our bio. You could find our link tree, which has every single, um, every single out media or streaming outlet where you can view our show. And there's on it. There's a lot. So I got to get you had to give me a second to actually pull it up, but you can view our shows on, on breaker, Google podcast, radio, public pocket cast, Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, and we post our interviews, or most of our interviews, if the video, uh, if the video works, if there's no technical difficulties, like we had this past week, um, we will post all of our interviews to YouTube vi- uh, with the video, and yeah, those will be those are usually up on Monday nights, if not Tuesday mornings, and again, Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern weekly, we will we have a we, we try to get on a weekly guest for an interview along with 
uh, our takes on the NHL, like the current news going on in, around the NHL. It's myself and my co-hosts, Joey Ferlano and Alexander Muff. Three Toronto boys, with a bi- granted with a bias to the Leafs, but we'd like to have some fun, just talk some hockey, just shoot the shit a little bit. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for coming on. And again, folks, thanks for listening. And right. have a great My week. pleasure coming on. It was great talking to you guys. And folks, we're back from that interview. I hope you all enjoyed it. Matt is a great guy. He's a Leafs fan, like I said at the beginning of the interview. Uh, this interview was brought to you by Halsey Border Collie Rescue, our great friends who rescue Border Collies and other types of dogs. Check them out if you want to adopt a dog. You can always you can always uh, check out their Facebook page for all the dogs they have out for adoption. Um, and also, we do. Well, I request that you please continue the donations to them. Every cent counts, and they are a great, great rescue. And every cent goes to the dogs. So when you're giving money to them, don't do it for us. Don't do it for the people running the rescue. Do it for the dogs, because those dogs need help. And every cent goes. It pays the vet bills. It pays for the food. It pays for everything that entails running the rescue. Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's not cheap. But I digress. Please do it for the dogs. Help rescue rescue dogs and we're back all right next thing up san jose sharks uh we have a patrick wa 2.0 patrick wa 2.0 in the works um jordan bainton tried to fight everybody in the ice for some reason i don't know what's going on there uh we got our sharks expert we got mr chad the brad the workout phenomenon the bodybuilder Chad. They just opened gyms again where I'm from, which is why I've been going so much because they were closed for like six months. Man, I've been running in the snow. I've been going for runs in the snow. It's, it's terrible. I can go for a run outside, but it's only 60. It's kind of cold. Oh, Man, I've been doing those burger cr- curls. <laughs> you, you, you know what it is here right now? Right now in, in Canada, it's minus 11 degrees Celsius, which I believe is roughly 20, like 20 uh, 15, 10, 20-ish. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's yeah. plus six here, so. Yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah, anyway, it's 62 Fahrenheit here, but who's counting? Um, yeah, last night was crazy. First of all, the game, it I believe it was 4-4 going into the third period, and it ended 7-6. It was a crazy game. Sharks ended up losing to the Blues, which when you score six goals and lose, that's tough. But um, Dubnik did not look good. Uh, it was a crazy game, though. They had pucks that were getting deflected by their own team, Logan Couture scored a tip from above the face-off dots from like above the circles. He was standing like in between the hash marks on the top of the circles, if that makes sense. He was standing like that far out and Brent Burns shot a, took a wrister and Couture somehow tipped it in from there. But yeah, Jordan Bennington got pulled and then he went up and tried to punch. I believe he tried to punch Radim Shimmick on the bench or he did. He like shoved him. Then, like, pump faked at Eric Carlson and then walked over and shoved Devin Dubnik and then walked off the ice. And the best part, too, is that at SAP Center, where the Sharks play, the backup goaltender doesn't can't sit on the bench because there's not enough room where it is. So they have to sit across. And so he stormed out and had to come back in a hat and sit there. So it was, it was pretty funny. I don't, I don't think he got a penalty either, which is kind of crazy. But it was uh, – Made for an interesting game, for sure. And because Bennington got pulled, Dubnik gave up seven goals on 24 shots. So that's not what you're looking for. Bennington but, got yeah. an unsportsmanlike 
Oh, he did. Okay. So he did. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't. So I wasn't the Barracuda were still kind of, I was still doing work for them because they won last night too in another crazy game. But the, yeah, the Sharks, it's the kind of thing where for, I'm going to make this comparison here. The Warriors who are also, they're my basketball team for a long time. They were just a dumpster fire and no one cared about them and they were not good. And you know, I always kind of rooted for them. Then, then they got really good. And then I was like, okay. So I started rooting for them more. And then now they're at that point where they're not that good anymore. And they don't have the hype surrounding them. And that's kind of like the sharks where they're, they're not that good. And they just have no hype surrounding them. So it's really fun to watch them play because they're not supposed to win anything. So there's no pressure. And it's just interesting. And I mean, in last night's game, Evander Kane, the end of the game, one of the funniest clips I think I've ever seen, he, uh, the backup goalie who we looked up before that I can't remember, Huso or Huso? What was yeah, his name? Something Paul? Like that. Uh, yeah, the backup goalie. For the, yeah, the backup goalie for the Blues made a glove save with eight seconds left or six seconds left. And the Sharks put on a pretty good flurry at the end, but then uh, he made a glove save and Evander Kane just kind of smacked him in the glove going by <laughs> to try and knock the puck out. Right. And not, not hard by any stretch of the imagination, just pinpoint, try and knock the puck out. And then of course they didn't like that. And so they put him in a headlock and Kane just started face washing this guy. And then Kane is like, so just imagine he's hooked up behind the net and he's hooked up. His right arm is completely gone with the guy that he's like pushing with on this side. And you just see, he looks to his left and there's some player just standing there completely unassuming, not doing anything. And Kane just jabs him right in the face and knocks the guy down. And I was like, what are you doing? And they got, they got offsetting minors, the two guys, but it was so funny to watch because I was just sitting there watching it. And all of a sudden Kane just punched this innocent bystander. Like, what are you doing guy? But it was a, uh, it was a fun game. It was cool to watch. Uh, Timo Meyer got on, got back on pace, which is good. They were playing without Tomash Hurdle, who was, you know, I wouldn't say unquestionably, but probably a top two forward on the team. He's, he's really good and he's on a good contract. Carlson came back last night and he is got to be for my money, the best player with no good numbers in the league. And that's, you know, not saying much because there's not a lot of good players with no numbers, but that man, the amount of times he starts behind his own net and will gain entry into the zone and set a guy up with a perfect pass is kind of out, outrageous. You know, it's, it is what it is. He's not worth 11 five, but he's a good player still. A good player with no new, no good numbers. Another one I'd say maybe uh, Philip Deneau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's just not coming together for him. He had a couple good shots. He's, you know, he wears the A. I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening with him. But yeah. um, no, the, the Sharks looked, they looked good last night, though. What I'm excited about, this is kind of weird to say, is outside of Kane. And so Kane, Couture, and before last night, Meyer there hadn't been a lot of top six scoring, which is kind of nice because a lot of guys who are kind of bubble guys playing up and down are getting goals. Like Dylan Gambrell has been playing pretty well. He won a national championship at Denver a few years ago. And you have Sasha Shemalevsky, who I really like, who is uh, from the Ottawa 67s team a few years ago. And then John Leonard, who John Leonard looks like he could be a bona fide, maybe not star, but a bona fide 20 to 25 goal scorer in the NHL for a while. He's good. He's just always in good areas. He finds the puck at good times. And then Nicholas Malosh, he's settled in up there. 
he's playing on that that third pair. He wasn't last night because Carlson came back. And with Carlson back, they kind of have their set, and he's not really in it. But he was up. I'd have to look, but I think he played 10 games, maybe eight games. And he looks Which good. Is a shame. I like he's him. really good. Yeah. He's just – he's the – you don't need two Vlasics, and yeah. it's what he is. So he almost scored on Colorado on kind of a crazy play where the puck bounced – it might have been Colorado, but the puck bounced to him off, a, off the stanchion, and no one saw it. And he just fired a wrist shot at the net. And I think it was Grubauer. So I think it was Colorado. And Grubauer saw it at the last second and trapped it. But he almost got his first NHL uh, goal. That would have been nice to see. But now with the – so now it's – you know, they have they have Vlasic, Burns, Schmidt, Carlson, Ferraro, and Kanijov who got absolutely bloodied by Nick Foligno. And uh, that's pretty much the defense they're rolling with. But, yeah, that fight with Foligno, good on Foligno for stopping that fight. Because it was – once I saw it too, I was like, why is Kanijov fighting? Like, what is he doing? And then I looked and, like, he should have fought him for what happened. And then – I'm like, oh God, yeah, you're fighting Nick Foligno. This is not, this is not a fight you want to be involved in. I don't think, man. You are. <laughs> you need to stop. <laughs> hey, from last night's game, can you name me the uh, two highest point getters from there? From which team? The, the uh, Sharks and San Jose game. They're tied, three points each. Are they? Are they on the Sharks or are they on the? One Blues? one player from each. Uh, Timo Meyer. Well, that'd be my that'd be my guess for the Sharks. Yeah. Timo Meyer the other way. Um, someone scored twice. Uh, is it Slavin? Scandella. 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 That's that's yeah. got to be a little bit of a damn it because Scandella's not known for putting up points and he has a good game against the Blues. I mean, everyone had a Sharks. Everyone had a good game. We gave up seven goals on twenty four <laughs> shots, and this is yeah, the problem it's... with it. And it's what I've said time and time again, and I know it's it's a very simplistic explanation, but if you don't have goaltending, you can't win. It's just that simple. Yeah. Like the there have been very few teams without stellar goaltending that have ever won anything in this league. Except and, for Chicago, the year they won with uh, Anthony Emmy. Yeah. The Sharks tried that <laughs> out, didn't work. Yeah. Because they signed Anthony Emmy after that. But even then, Anthony Emmy played really well that playoffs. Like, I bet if you look at his numbers, I bet they were good numbers. I'd have to look. I don't know off top. But I would bet yeah. he had well, five time. goals against and but 950 think, save percentage. Like I think what happened was that year, it was the year after when the NHL changed the rule for the pads. So all the pads shrunk. So Niemi was one of those players that relied on having very big pads. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that helped. Yeah, I don't know. The, the one thing I do want to mention – Last night, the San Jose Barracuda played the Ontario Reign in the AHL, which uh, they have Quinton Byfield right now. Quinton Byfield might be the best player I've ever seen in the AHL. How fun was that to watch him? him. I was watching him last night. They're playing again tonight on uh, AHL TV if anyone wants to watch, but I guess you can't because this is being recorded Sunday. But the uh, (laughs) he is the biggest player on the ice, the fastest player on the ice, and probably has the best vision of anybody on the ice. It is absurd. That guy's going to be a problem. I was watching him, and he's just you've – seen, you've seen a lot of good guys come through. Like the best, the best two are probably Yamamoto and Gambardella, who are in uh, Stockton and Bakersfield, and they're both now making big contributions at the NHL level, at least Yamamoto. I haven't been keeping track of Gambardella. But, um, 
yeah, he's good. Quentin Byfield, I mean, of course, he's the number two overall pick, so he's supposed to be good, but he is. And, I mean, Trevor Zegris was also very good. He's up with the Ducks now. But, he's yeah, it'll be, it. it'll be interesting to see. Be interesting to see. the. I like, you know, the, the Sharks are in a bad spot cap-wise, and I'm not ignorant to that. But you guys can might be able to help me with this too. So something that I don't know, say like the Sharks are just like, okay, we're cutting Eric Carlson. What happens? Can you do that? No, they, they have, have to buy, buy him out. Yeah, yeah you have to like buy football. him out. It's like so you buy him out and then for the remaining whatever, he's signed to like 2027. So until then, you would would that be 11-5 on your cap? Or if you no, buy him out, uh, is it off your cap? It's a so lot. I, so how buyout would work? It, it's percentage of your cap, but for over, it, you still have to pay out that contract, mm-hmm. but it and extends you, over a longer period of time. So for example, Montreal had uh, Carl Arlsner on the contract for another three years. They bought him out. They pay him two point five million a year instead of five million a year, because that's the buyout. Time. Yeah, that's the buyout term they agreed to. So I and, think for Carlson, they'd probably end up paying like having like a five million dollar cap it for like whatever amount of years. That's why DPH was still in the books until 2026. Yeah. Cap hit varies every year for Carlson, but the length of it would be 12 years instead of six. It doubles in the year of length and the years. Yeah. So you're paying, and that, that is a direct cap hit though. Yeah. Right. Right. But like they're going to end up doing that with one of these guys. They have to either him or him or Vlasic. They're going to have to buy out or just because they're going to have $20 million in those two guys. Or if the, if one of them retire, then oh, that's true. Vlasic, I don't know where off top where Vlasic played juniors, but um, I remember when we signed when we got him, he's a second round pick, and I remember uh, listening to radio here and saying that he averaged thirty five minutes a game in juniors, which is the craziest stat I think I've ever heard. But he, I, well, he played in Quebec somewhere, so yeah. Which is, actually oh, I do want... surpri- which is actually surprising because he's, he's a defensive defenseman. And usually the Quebec League produces a lot of offensive players. Like, they're not yeah. known for being defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the – the, I do want to mention as well, a few weeks ago I was talking about uh, Jeffrey Biel and said that he, uh, he played in Ramuski, which was incorrect. He was born yeah. in Ramuski. So I had that in my head, but he was born in mm. Ramuski. Yeah, so that's why I said that. He actually won the Mem Cup a few years ago with uh, the team I can't pronounce, uh, Acadia Bathurst or Bathurst? Acadia Bathurst. Bathurst, okay, yeah. He won the, he won the Mem that's, Cup with them, which is cool. That's in, um, that's in Atlantic Canada. So the Quebec League has Quebec, obviously, but it also entails Newfoundland, New Brunswick, um, Nova Scotia, and Prince Edward Island. So there's a lot of English places as well as French places in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Mm-hmm. The, for the, or for our Franco listeners, the Ligue, La Ligue Major Junior du Quebec. What league just started? Was it the OHL? The Western Division of the OHL is starting up? No, the Western Hockey League. The Western Hockey League is starting up. That's so right. wh- how it works is there's a Canadian Hockey League. Yeah. The, the CHL. Like the WHL, the OHL, the QMJHL. And, yeah. So, yeah. They, so the, the CHL is like – it's all the CHL, all the Canadian Hockey League, but they each have their own leagues that they play by themselves in. And then and the then, winner of those three and then the host play in the member, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they – I guess you can compare it almost to, like – because they don't 
yeah, they don't play each other at all. Like they, they each win the cup for their own league, mm-hmm. or whatever their, their respective cups are called. It's like the Champions League, except yeah. way, way, way smaller, basically. And then after that, all the winners of each of the, of the leagues, so the WHL winner, the yeah, they all go to do this mini tournament in the summer, and then, which also looks really good for scouting if you make it to the Mem Cup. You just get more games. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's why people love yeah, it. I, that's like the one thing that doesn't get talked about with pandemic is these kids that are, these well, are years they can never get back. Losing the that, scouting for these years. So speaking of that, they're, they're talking about doing two drafts this year. For what? They're doing draft one. And then they want to do a second draft midway through the year next year to give the kids who miss out on all the scouting more chance to be scouted. So it's kind of like they want to do a overseas draft because those kids have played more. That would be the first one. And then the second one would be the kids from North North America. America. Yeah. Yeah. So they want to do like a a European draft in the summer. Like, I I don't know how that's going to work for the picks. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how that would, would they do two separate lotteries? Or like, would they do like rounds one through four and then... Add like an they'd have to, the they'd have to only. cut it down because you don't have enough room. You don't right. have enough room for all the players. So it'd have to be so, cut down. So my speculation is, here's my theory, is they do rounds one through four first, and then they do restart again, and then do one through four again. So add, add an extra round. Yeah. But only do four rounds per draft. Well, my thing is like, if you're, if, if, and I don't, did they say they're doing the overseas? Is no, that, no, no. This, this okay. is all like speculation of like ideas okay. of what they want to do. Because that wouldn't that wouldn't work because I don't I mean unless I'm wrong, I don't think there are four rounds of overseas players that are gonna get picked, are there? There are 120 overseas guys picked every year. Not that I'm sure. I don't believe yeah. there's that many, but I mean if you but told I mean, me if you told me 60, I wouldn't be shocked. But but I mean on top of the on top of the overseas guys, like like the NCAA guys can go right right now because they've been playing all year. Not really. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, they have. They have. You're right. They have. And so have the Quebec League guys. Mm-hmm. They stopped so, here and there, but they've been consistently playing. Yeah. Basically, Quebec. Quebec. There has been, I think, four games postponed all season. Yeah. Because what they Sharks did was have a, Sharks have a new Hobie Baker finalist. I just want to throw that out there. Because what what but, Quebec what the Quebec League did was actually very smart. They like took all the teams that were in really bad hotspot locations and just moved them all to a bubble in Quebec City. Yeah, which I mean sure. sucks for the kid, sucks for those kids, but whatever. Actually, the kids probably don't even care. They're probably like, "Oh hell yeah, it's a, it's a big vacation party in the lobby." Yeah, except <laughs> they can't home. talk to each other or do anything. But well, no, no, the Quebec League kids are because they're they're in a bubble. So they said the hell with it. Oh, if yeah. Ovi and them did it, we can have a party. No, oh, but like, suspended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. those kids like like they're allowed to like if they're with they're allowed to hang out with people within their own bubble. So, like, let's say you and I are on the same team. We can hang out together and do stuff together, which to me makes more sense than you must be isolated in your hotel room by yourself. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But, but no, like, so I coach, I coach high school baseball. And yeah. it's, I mean, this kid on the team that I won't say his name because, you know, obviously, but this kid on the team that I, that I coach, I feel so bad for him because he was small. He didn't really grow that much until last year. So in his sophomore year, he was probably five eight. Then going into his junior year, he was six foot. Now he's six two. 
And so he lost all of last season, his first season where he was like a big dude who would have gotten recruited, and then now gets a quarter of this season. So like that kid really just lost out. He just lost his chance. And I feel bad because that's a lot of kids. Because, you know, the people who are, I don't know what age it cuts off, but I don't know. I don't want to be oldest and ageist, but maybe like 50 plus, like you're not losing a lot of stuff that like for me, like, you know, people have lost lives and I don't want to trivialize how serious this pandemic is, but you know, I didn't get to graduate. I didn't get to finish my job. I didn't get to finish my podcast, you know? So there's like a few things that really bother me that I'm like, wow, I'm just never going to get those back. And like, I'm okay with it because we needed to be safe and because it's fine. But those kids, their lives are forever changed. If there's a kid who's in that situation who could have gone to a good school or could have gotten an education or played in the queue or, you know, it's just this ripple effect is going to be felt for a long time. A very long time. Absolutely. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me if they did some sort of NHL development, maybe not camp, but maybe an extended combine or something like that where or bring back the prospects game yeah exactly or like a prospect tournament yeah exactly i would love a prospect tournament that would be fun to watch like like if they had if they had 10 games where you drafted from like the q and the o and the and the dub and anywhere else that might have some overseas guys and whatever like that would be a cool thing because they need to be able to showcase their skills and it's just not fair it's not fair to these guys yeah so hopefully it works but um, also since the last time we were on Lafreniere scored again. Yeah. So that happened. So good for him. Also yeah. the Sharks two high draft picks this year, Ozzy Weisblatt, he scored. And then they both got sent back to their WHL teams, but uh, him and Trevor or Tristan Robbins or Robins. I don't know how to pronounce his name to be honest, but um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. A so I got a question for you, Chad. Yes. You're an AHL guy, right? Yes. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Do you think the rules should be changed for players who have spent already three years in the CHL? Do you think that should be changed for those guys to be able in to the... be put them when they get drafted? Should they be able to go to the AHL and develop more or should they be thrown right back into CHL? Um, I think that it should be a case by case thing. No, because I think, I mean, we have, there's an 18 year old kid playing in the AHL. It's safer for an 18 year old to play in the NHL than the AHL. Oh yeah. AHL, the AHL is a crazy league. Like you don't see almost, you almost never see heavyweights just dropping the gloves in the NHL. That happens in the AHL on a semi-regular basis. So throwing a guy with like the captain of the Barracuda is Jacob Magna. And he is a monster. And like, you're going to tell me an 18 year old who up till this point, the best people he's ever played with are in the CHL are going to play him. It's, it gets to a point where I think it's for their own protection. And in the NHL, there's more protection, which is why I think that's okay. But I would like to, I, it stinks. It does because like Ryan Merkley could have been on the Barracuda for the last year, but instead he had to play in the O. And so like, I get what you're saying. But I think it's right the way it is. It's it's similar to the to the rules in like the NFL. You can't get drafted until you're 21, basically, because it's I, just like you can't. It's not fair. I think I think it's a case by case rule. 
I think like you could do the exceptions. You could do like yeah. special exceptions like they do for juniors. That I wouldn't yeah, hate that. that. That's what I mean. So like case by case. Uh, for example, I think there's one guy who should have been going back to the queue, but he ended up staying in the AHL on Detroit, uh, Valino. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, Joel Valino. Yeah. Jo- yeah, I, I never understood that whole situation why he got the exception. I it's, yeah. It's such a well, weird also, thing. Then are these guys not getting paid when they're in the AHL? They are. Does it not? In, in the, does it not like college where you can't? Because once you get paid to play in America, you can't play college anymore. So is it no, not like that? No, because how, how it works is like if you're in the in the OHL or whatever, you can sign a contract and get your signing bonus, and then you go back to junior and it's whatever. Yeah. No, like, the I don't hate it, but I, I don't think it should be a regular thing. I think how, about as much as people get 15-year-old exceptions to play in like the O or to play in those leagues, right? Like the Tavares and yeah. Davids. And yeah. it should be about that frequent. Maybe once every right. couple of years where it's like this guy hates juniors. He's far away from home and he just wants to play. Right. Like maybe, but it's, it's, uh, I think it's for their own protection. I think it's because a lot of 18 year olds aren't ready for the mental side of it either. Right. So the rules are with, for salary is it's, it's considered amateur league, but they don't, they get like a weekly allowance from the team. Mm -hmm. I think it's an allowance of like a hundred dollars a week or something like that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing major. It's a little enough to, well, to go buy. Because, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's enough to buy a t-shirt, whatever. But then the team also provides their billet parents, so they have to live with a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, if by the time you're done, your your uh, five years or four years playing major junior, so OHL, whatever, and you have not signed an NHL level contract or an entry level contract, the team will pay for your for college. Or oh, gotcha. 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 Okay. So that makes that's sense. one, that's one thing a lot of people like forget. Oh, you went to the OHL. You don't have education. Right. But if you don't, if you don't make it in the OHL, you can still get education for free. And they'll pay for play hockey there. Yeah. And they'll pay for up to a master's degree. Nice. Which is but eight years of school. I think what they should do is allow a mechanism where the, the NBA just started doing this, where, you can hire an agent in the NBA. So like if you're an NCAA basketball player, you can hire an agent, go through the draft process, not get drafted and come back to college. So you have something like that where you can can go play. And then if, you know, maybe if the team, because like I, if you're asking me, I think Weisblatt would have been asked to stay with the Barracuda because he looked good. He was top two lines. He was playing power play. He's a good player, but uh, I don't think Robbins would have been asked to stay. Right, so I don't, I don't understand why, and that's just because Robbins didn't play that much. He was good, but he didn't play that much. And you know, like Merkley last year probably would have been asked to stay. We didn't have a lot of defensemen because they took Ferraro and they took Kanijov to the Sharks. So I mean, you know, it's it's a case by case, team by team thing. But I wish there was a mechanism where they could almost like you know how you loan players to other leagues. Yeah. I wish you could a junior team could loan the guy to the AHL. Basically. Yeah, no. They like, hey, there's someone hurt. He's in our system. Can we go get him instead of plucking someone from the, the coast or something? Right. It just doesn't which make makes which makes more sense, right? Like, um, that that's it's a weird thing. Like, it, like, because I think you're you're allowed to have an agent when you're in the Canadian league. Mm-hmm. They're allowed agents because most of those kids are you allowed to do stuff. endorsements. Yeah. 
Like, really? Like Lafreniere has Nike commercials. He he's had Nike commercials since he was sixteen. Oh. Or not? Yeah, you're yeah, not allowed like, to. You're not allowed to do that in college at all. Right. So like, you, there's a lot more benefits to the Canadian league, if if you ask me. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, that makes a lot more and, sense. And Americans can play in Canada too, and the Americans can get all those benefits that they can, that that you get at the free school and stuff like that. You just have to go to a Canadian college or university. Yeah. Which I mean. I don't know if if I was looking at it like if I was a, that good of a player looking at my options, either go to the, like the Canadian league or go to like U.S. school. I'd probably go to Canada just because it's. I feel like you get more out of it, and you can do commercials and stuff, and you can do like local dealership commercials and all this extra things. You oh, can you do. okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know the. I didn't like, know yeah, all that. Like the, yeah, I, knew, yeah, I knew a decent amount, but I didn't know all that about the endorsements and stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, like. There's, yes, there's a lot of benefits to being, you know, at a U.S. school. You probably get like a lot, like you get basically a free ride to do whatever you want. But well, and you I also, feel- it's more the Frozen Four gets more coverage, I'd imagine. The final, like the I don't know, because I don't, I've never once heard of a Canadian college hockey game. Like I've never no, once no, no. heard like, no, yeah, like Canadian, Canadian hockey college is nothing like compared yeah. to U.S. hockey. But I'm saying like going to like the the Canadian hockey league. Mm-hmm. Like, like the CHL, so OHL, WHL, QMJHL. Yeah, yeah. So, and then after, if you don't make it to the NHL, then going to the to, to school for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a good, it's a good deal. The one of the most interesting, one of the things about what I do now is you learn so much about all these players' paths. Maxim Latunov is a guy that is like was the highest score on the Barracuda last year. He's from, I believe, Denmark. He then, he just says he's from Denmark. He played in the USHL for two years. Then he went to UConn for four years. Then he got signed as an undrafted free agent. I was like, what a route this guy took. The USHL to like major D1. I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. And if if you look at one of our previous guests, um, Shane O'Brien, we had him on. He played played for four years or five years, sorry, for Charlotte in the Quebec league. And then after that, they paid for his university at Ottawa university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's no, the, the Barracuda backup netminder, uh, Zachary Sachenko did the same kind of thing. He played at a Canadian college for a few years. He's from Alaska though. Yeah. He played somewhere and then went and did that. And... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. I, I don't understand why more people don't go that route. I mean, the Canadian hockey league is one of the premier development leagues in, in the world. Mm. They're they're known US for that. Development program is getting good. Yeah, yeah. The yeah the 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 WHL has American teams, obviously. So does the O, doesn't it? Aren't there a few yeah. teams yeah. in Michigan? Yeah, and so does yeah. Quebec. Yeah. So I guess there are, but yeah, I mean they're Canadian leagues. The USHL is the best junior league here. That's like only in America. Yeah, I would say the NHL is decent. And but, I feel I feel like it's like easier for players too to go to the Canadian Hockey League, just because like the NCAA has so many rules that you have to like. Yeah. How does it work follow. if a kid from Florida wants to play in the OHL? You tell you notify the league or you notify the Canadian Hockey League, and depending which state you're from, they'll determine which league you go to. Okay. So, I believe Massachusetts kids all go to Quebec. Well, yeah, it would probably just be like regionally, wouldn't it? Right, Wouldn't so, it just, which yeah. means, yeah, that's why Quebec, yeah, because there's hockey is predominantly in. If you started at Minnesota and went east, yeah, that's where hockey is. 
Right. That's just, you um, just stay up there through the Great Lakes and then into New England. That's where hockey is. Scan, so yeah, Scandinavians go to Ontario. Russians go to Quebec. And the remainder of Europeans go to the Western Hockey League. That's where Joachim Blickfeld went. Yeah. He played in Portland. Right. But and then also... They're the Winter Hawks, I think. Yeah. And then also for the remainder of the regions, because the, it is a draft, right? So you have to make your intent known before the draft comes up, and then they'll draft you when you're when you're 14, 15 years old, and then you have to report to your team, or you can say I don't want to, I don't want to report to you, and then they'll trade you to a team that you want to play. And for. the CHL has the import draft for overseas players, and then Canadian, North American players. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and then like, yeah, it's per region. I believe Florida belongs to Quebec as well. I believe the entire East Coast is Quebec, um, New York. New York and Michigan belong to uh, Ontario. Mm-hmm. How and is like not... like a good a good eighteen AAA team? Yeah, like are they just getting killed by any team in the CHL? Probably, probably, probably. Okay. Yeah, no, like, I, I always wondered the because like good, they... eighteen AAA teams, a lot of those guys go D one. They go and play college hockey, right? But yeah, it's just playing not the same ball game. In Canada, what it is though, it goes triple A and then double A, sorry, triple A, junior A, B, and then junior A, and then CHI. Okay. okay. Or sorry, and there's also there's also junior C in there, but junior C is kind of like a bunch of like 20-year-olds who like didn't really make it. Yeah, yeah. I believe there's one junior C that you got to Toronto that like for the longest time, every game was going like 20, 20 to 26 for scoring. Just insane scores like that. And I guess that's it for this week, folks. Uh, thank you all for listening. Again, we'd like to remind you all to go check out Hall Saving Board of Collie Rescue to donate to them. Have a great week. Uh, we love you all, our listeners. Thank you for listening. Please remember to keep subscribing, liking, and sharing. And check out our content on YouTube. And uh, also remember, Chad will beat you all up in the gym because he's a gym rat. Y'all have a great week, everybody. Stay safe out there. And remember, we love hockey.